No Mike Heller today. He is off this week. He's in Arizona. He'll be back on Monday, barring anything unforeseen happening. I almost feel like we always need to have that disclaimer in life, not just with, not with Mike specifically by any stretch of the imagination, just, you know. He's in Arizona. What's he doing? God willing, and the creeks don't rise. What's he doing in Arizona? His uh, daughter got some advanced degree from the University of Arizona, so he's been down in Tucson. Okay. Uh, this week, I don't know if he's spending the entire week in Tucson. Oh, he's but... way south. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I said Arizona. I didn't. No, no, no I, I didn't th- say Phoenix. You know, because when you think of Arizona, I automatically like think the Phoenix area. Okay. I don't, but uh, that's Chuck oh, Freeman, by okay. the way. Hi, Chuck. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and uh, we will take you through the next three hours. I'm Doug Russell, by the way, but I'm I'm here most days. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Arizona is a fascinating state because you can go from Tucson to the Grand Canyon in a day and mm-hmm. see all different kinds of weather because the elevation changes sure. so much. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, I've never been north because when we go out there, like we'll, we'll go to Scottsdale like, during Thanksgiving. Okay. And, uh, and hang, I've never been north or I've never been to Tucson. Okay, I that's... mean, we've got everything you want right in the Scottsdale, Phoenix area. Well, you don't have everything. Well, I mean. You ever been to Sedona with the beautiful red rocks? I've been to uh, Tortilla Flats. Ever been there? Tortilla Flats? There yeah, was a restaurant pay- in Oshkosh <laughs> called Lara's Tortilla Flats. I don't know if it's still there or no, not. No, it's a different name these days, but it's still there. It's still a Mexican that's where, restaurant. That, that's where college kids could afford to take dates because it was a nice restaurant that wasn't too expensive. <laughs> Is that right? Right there on Main okay. Street. Oh, yeah. All right. No, I, it's still there, but under a different name. Okay. Um, but uh, it's uh, Apache Junction. Ever been out the Apache Junction way? Uh, one day it was which way? Which direction is that? Oh, I think that's east. Okay, I think it's here's east. where I've, I've been to Phoenix several times. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think most I think most Wisconsinites have because that's the law. Uh, but I've been to Tucson a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the National Park down there. But if you go north, go north to Flagstaff. The scenery is beautiful. You got the San Francisco Mountains up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, Petrified Forest National Park. Uh, there was a terrible fire that just uh, rolled through Volcano. Uh, uh, Crater National Park, or National Monument, I should say. But if you keep going north and get up to the Grand Canyon, it's, I mean, pictures do, will never do the Grand Canyon justice. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, she she talked, yeah, no, now I sound like Mike Budenoser. Uh She, um... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Every C starts everything. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, no, because we, we thought about going, but then it would take a day away from, you know, us golfing, which, you know, we golf, we're golfing like 27 holes a day when we get out there. Um... Yeah, you can you you can golf anywhere, but go on. But we 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 go to uh, Camelback and golf. Okay. And the course we golf on is uh, Alice Cooper's got a home in there. Okay. And so last November, I hit a ball that landed in uh, Coop's backyard. But oh. I was not going to go in his backyard because you know I feel like you can go in people's backyards. They don't want you to. I always check to see if somebody's listen. There. If you have, but I was not going to go in his. I don't know what he's going to bring out. If he's a pretty mellow guy. Yeah, I don't you know. saw Wayne's World. This is, uh, by the way, this is the second time this week that Wayne's World and Alice Cooper have been referenced on this show. Uh, Millie Walkay, Algonquin for the Good Land, if mm-hmm. you're familiar, I assume. 1992. Yes. Yeah. Was it 1992? I think it was Wayne's World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, irrespective of uh, any of that, if you build a house on a golf course, mm-hmm. it's buyer beware. There are going to be people that are going to be traipsing through your backyard, and your house is going to get hit. Every single time, I don't care if it's in Wisconsin, I don't care if it's in Arizona, I don't care if it's in Florida, I don't care if it's in Texas, I don't care if it's in New Mexico, where if you build a house on a golf course, mm-hmm. you're going to get people traipsing through your backyard. That I is agree. a fact of life. I agree, Russ, but then there's always those one or two guys who've got signs all over their yard back there, and, you know, like... Did Alice Cooper? 
tanks and everything that aimed right at you. That if you're no, but I don't know. I, Coop, I don't. Yeah, that guy. I, I, I he come out with him. a rattlesnake or something. Oh God, he's he's just a mellow so, old rocker. I did. We did see him a couple of years ago. Um, when he stopped on our guard, uh, <laughs> we're trying to cross the street. Um, but he, uh, no, I was not going to go in his yard. But you're right. If you own, if you own a, a home on a on a piece of property, a golf property, you better believe it. I mean, people are going to go there. I mean, it's as wrong as it sounds going on somebody's property. But, you know, I know somebody who've hit houses before, and then the owner comes out. And it's like, what are you going to do? If you, if you shank one left or right, you hit a house. I mean, don't build a house there. Yes, exactly. Do you know where my house is? It's not on a golf course. No, I wish mine was, and I'd expect it to get hit. With I golf will. Ne- I will never, ever, 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 okay. even in retirement, ever come close to a golf course because I know how bad of a golfer I am. And if I know how mm-hmm. bad of a golfer I am, yeah. then somebody else <laughs> is going to be breaking my windows. Well, I didn't come close, but I almost landed it in, in uh, his tree or his uh, his pool bias tree because um, it hit a tree and dropped near the pool. So, but I mean, like this golf course we played, Alice Cooper's on there, Dan Marley, Jerry Reinsdorf, Ray Kroc's family. I mean, there's some like a who's who. So we're out there playing, you know, uh, on the course. And a couple years ago, we played. Does Ray Kroc's have uh, like a sign that says over 35 billion served or anything like that? No, but he owns. Golden Arches. But he owns a house, and the house next to him he bought because he doesn't want to have neighbors. How about that? Because he kind of lives on a corner. Did you did you see the? I think it was called the founder with Michael Keaton. No. Uh he plays Ray Kroc. Uh does not paint him in the in the brightest of light. All right. That came out a few years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Less than 10, more yeah. than 5. Yeah, he uh, apparently because of the the story goes he bought a house on this course, but he didn't want he didn't want anybody living next door, so he bought that house too. So he might as well buy all the houses or well, you know his family did. A lot of burger money. Yeah. With uh with Ray Kroc. So, by the way, welcome in uh it is the Mike Keller Show. Mike is, uh, as we've discussed, in Arizona. We had a performance lounge uh, singer come in today. I heard that. Yeah. As I was walking the halls, I heard that. Because usually I'm here early in the morning. We have, as most uh, many of you are familiar with Quinn from the country station down the hall. Well, uh, her station brought in a young singer, Erin Kinsey. Okay. her name. And she was performing today in the performance lounge. We have... Like a little stage setup in part of the building here in the Megaplex. Is she anything like Tanya Tucker or um, Lori Morgan? She gave Morgan? Up to me, honestly, a Morgan. little a little Kelsey Ballerini vibe to me. But this is her single that she played mm-hmm. live for us literally 15 minutes ago. You know, I think that's because they that station brings it like the up and comers all the time. Oh yeah, you know, way back. When I was out of college, I worked in this building, and they brought in Alan Jackson. <laughs> Alan Jackson was in this building. Oh wow! I mean, this is when he was an up again. Yeah, he was on, he was performing at the Bradley Center. As an opening act of the opening act. Oh, yeah. Sounds a little bit like, um, I don't know. You came anyway. Got that young voice. Like I said, to me, she gave off a little bit of a Kelsey Ballerini vibe. Okay. Who's done very well for herself. Yeah. So she had concert in town, or they just brought her for the mini concert in the... She's doing what they call a radio tour. Okay. And so there were probably about 15 of us in the in the performance lounge. There would have been more, but there was apparently a shooting on I-94 that, uh, you know, clogged up traffic for some folks who were going to come in. I was eyeing up the pizzas that were right outside, too. Yeah, you can grab they, one if you well, want. Well, no, I'm just trying to stay away lately. All right. Well. You know, I'm on my 15th diet of the year. 
Oh, of course. Hopefully this one sticks a week and a half into it. I'm doing so-so on a scale 1 to 10, probably about a 4. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So that was what was going on earlier yeah. uh, today here in the performance. I think she's still here somewhere. But, yeah, no, she, she was very good, very personable. Mm-hmm. And uh, wish her well. She uh, said she was 21 years old. so she's 21? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, the, and this is the story that I always bring Fantastic. up. At the old station that you and I used to work at, uh, they brought in, and, and this happens all the time, in the, um, in the music radio industry, they will... Uh, bring in these young and up-and-coming singers. Like mm-hmm. I said, Aaron Kinsey was here today, and I think, she, like I said, she's floating around the building somewhere. But I remember the first one that I ever went to it was the uh, old station that you and I used to work at, down mm-hmm. the street and down the dial. And they brought in this young singer, uh, you know, kind of like Aaron Kinsey, came in with a guitar, sang a few songs, had some lunch, um, you know, shot the breeze with us. And then three weeks later, her first single, I Kissed a Girl, came out, and okay, <laughs> Katy Perry was the biggest thing on the planet. That was kind of like Alan, three weeks later. That was kind of like Alan Jackson. They brought him in, and nobody ever heard of this guy. He's walking around in this cowboy hat. And, and what in, year was th- what year could this have been? Nineteen ninety. Wow. And then nineteen ninety one, Chattahoochee, and that whole oh, Alan yeah. Jackson thing exploded. And he was country music, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was chatting with this guy for a little bit. Yeah. It was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, he came in, and, and you know they, they had him on the radio. Well, they had him on the radio, and he was like chatting between some of the songs they were playing. I think he was I think George Strait was the the main act, but he was like the opener to the opener. Okay. But uh yeah, so I mean they that that station which is um I grew up listening to that station because I'm a classic country fan. Mm-hmm. That was around in the late seventies and I you know, I was a big huge country fan back then and uh still am. Um but yeah that's uh, I used to do their old six packs, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh we're gonna talk to Jim Ozarski, our Bucks uh Green and Cream Insider from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's in Boston for tonight's pivotal Game Five. Yeah. Sometimes they say Game Five. Uh, you know, I heard pivotal described Game Four. Game Four wasn't pivotal. Today, tonight, whoever wins this game tonight, I think wins the series. Well, you look at the two Game Fives last night, Russ. Yeah. Well, one of them was. Well, I get neither one of them was all that competitive. But the, the Eastern Conference game between Miami and Philly was just a thirty-five point blowout. Yeah, a Philly stunk. Uh, they Philly, were awful. Phil, I mean, Philly. I mean, that, that's exactly what I expect from Philly. Yeah, I've been fighting with Sixer fans on Twitter forever. You know about Embiid. And that's uh, you know, and I hear oh, he's playing with hurt and he's this and that. Okay, yeah, but you know what? The, the, Philly was terrible last night, and um, you know they got blown out. My, I, you know what? I still think the Bucks are the best team. I look at all these teams, and I saw Phoenix, and Phoenix was terrific last night, and they 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 definitely earned that win. Miami. I mean, Philadelphia played a big part in how bad, how good Miami played last night because Philadelphia stunk. So these, uh, you know, these last two game fives have been blowouts by the home team. Let's hope that trend, Russ, does not continue tonight in Boston. Well, here's what concerns me about the Bucks: is that they haven't been closing well. They closed well in game one. They stunk in the first eight minutes of the game. But mm-hmm. you can recover after eight minutes. And then, you know, they played 40 good minutes after mm-hmm. eight terrible minutes. Great. Game one their best game of the series by far. Mm-hmm. Game two, they just got their asses kicked from, you know, from yeah. the first minute to the last minute. Just, uh, you know, what you, you came out of Boston with a split. Yep. Great. Game three, they <laughs> cu- they had a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter and collapsed and almost lost that game. They came within uh, just a one millimeter, I mm-hmm. think, one second of... Marcus Smart being able to get that shot off and getting the three shots. He didn't get the shot off, 
Or he didn't get the, the attempt off. No. Almost did, though. I, I thought he did. But if, if that one tips in, I don't like the Bucks' chances going to overtime because right. Boston had all the Uncle Mo at that point. Yes, they did. And that was, I mean, just a split, split one one thousandth of a second. Mm-hmm. That um, the Horford tip in didn't. I mean, it went in. But I thought Marcus just, rushed a shot. To be honest with you, they had four shots at him. I thought he rushed a shot. He, I mean, he, he, he maybe, but some. You're just trying to tip one in. You're just trying to get it. You're just trying to get one. Yeah, you know, in but the I hole. mean, he missed the shot. There was four seconds left, and you know, four is an eternity. There, he got four shots off. It's like, you know, looking back, no one talks about how bad of a shot he took there. He could have. Uh, I thought maybe double pumped and, or, uh, I mean, head faked and maybe draw mm-hmm. contact and go to the free throw line again. But who knows? Don't put the as we found yeah. out in the playoffs. Don't put the game in the referee's hands ever. So the Bucks escaped game yep. three. Mm-hmm. They escaped with a win, right? By the skin of their teeth. And then what happened on Monday night? They got their asses handed to them in the fourth quarter. I mean, they got outscored in the fourth quarter, forty three to twenty six. You can't in a playoff game give up forty three points. And I know that Boston made some shots and credit to the Celtics because. They went out there and they earned it, but the Bucks played like absolute dog crap defensively in the fourth quarter. Well, when a team shoots 16 of 19, I mean, who does that? In and, a playoff game on the road? And offensively, just so much iso ball, just standing around, just, let's just wait for Giannis to do something. There was no ball movement. That concerns me. And so when I look at Game 5 tonight... That has to change because if that doesn't change, the Bucks are going to lose tonight and they may get eliminated on Friday night. Well, I think what we're seeing too here is um, the absence of Middleton is starting as we're going deeper into these yeah. playoffs in these games. Definitely. Okay. And, you know, you're, you know these, because these coaches are making adjustments. We're finding out that, um, you know, they, they do miss Middleton. I mean, we, we knew that already, and they're good enough to beat Chicago, but I question whether or not they're you know, good enough to beat Boston. I still think they can. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I mean, without Middleton, for sure. Okay, I think they're the best team. And uh, man, uh, Drew Holiday had a whole horrible game. I mean, five of twenty-two. And and Drew has really been picking up the slack for mids, uh, especially defensively. He's been great. But now, um, well, they need him to make some shots. They, he absolutely does. Got, and, got to tonight. And you got to unleash Brook. Brook only took he took eleven shots overall, but only one three pointer on. Which I'm Monday good with. I, I, you know, I don't need Brook to be I do. He, he's, he's got to be able to stretch that defense. He's got to be able to have the inside-outside game. Boy, he's all- a rim protector, and yeah, he can take it to the rack, and when he does, he's got a high percentage. But man, if he's a weapon inside and outside, it just confuses defenses. Well, I just think Connaughton's got to hit shots, um, and you know their guards have got to hit shots from the outside. And Brooke, Connaughton yeah. was okay the other night, though. Connaughton made half of his shots. Well, I'm saying he's got to make shots. Tonight, he's got to make shots tonight. Yeah. Um, and they have to, they, they, they do, they got his shots, but I mean, you know, Lopez to me, whatever I get from Lopez offensively has always been a bonus. And he had, he had a couple of big moments the other night, um, in that third quarter, but I just, uh, you know, I, I, but I mean, I look at some of these other guys who need to score and, you know, Lopez is not really high in my, my list, you know, defensively, I need him, you know, I need Bobby to. You know, come through with a Bobby Portis performance tonight. That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, well, they you need know, a lot was, of things. We didn't really get a lot of Bobby so, there in the second half to another night. And this is what I've been cautioning people about the Celtics. It's the sum of their parts. The, the, every time the Bucks step on the floor, they've got the best player. Giannis. I think that, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and granted there are some you know green and cream glasses looking at this, but I thought he got hosed for MVP this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nikola Jokic had a great season, don't get me wrong, but... 
you, you know, you don't have to give it to the sixth seed, uh, you know, in the West. That's I mean, why, that's why, Russ. I think the NBA playoffs should factor in the postseason. I think in all sports should factor in the MVP voting. Yeah, I can't and, disagree, especially with how long the uh, playoffs go. Because I think you know, I mean, this uh, the playoffs, the playoffs is where you need to rise up. And, you know, Giannis took some ill-advised shots in the fourth quarter. I get it. I mean, he had 42 the previous game, okay? Yeah, but stop shooting three-pointers. He shot. He was 0 for 4 oh. from beyond the arc. Stop. Oh, that, that's the other thing that Giannis has to do. Love Giannis. MVP. I mean, listen. You know, he, he will walk on water in the city of Milwaukee for mm-hmm. the rest of his life and beyond. Stop taking three-pointers. Well, you know what? We love them when those shots go in, but when they do go in, they're a rarity. It's not even that It's not that we're even happy when they go in. We're relieved <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they go in. Thank God it went in. Thank God it went in. Yeah. It's, it's no, like one of the – this is when he makes a shot, makes a three-pointer. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, all right. Well, you know, he's got to get back to make it free throws again. I didn't look at his free throw percentage the other night, but the, the Freeman eye test, Russ, told me that it wasn't very good. That's six for 11. Yeah, that's not good. Well, I mean, it's – I mean, for a guy it's who's gonna, not, but it's a guy, not awful, awful. But a, but a guy it's still like over fifty percent. Guy like that, you know, he's going to get fouled a lot. He's going to go to the free throw line fifteen, twenty times. Maybe in a game like tonight, you know, he can't go fifty percent of the free throw line. Yeah, but even if he would have made all of his free throws, that still wouldn't have made up for the ten point or the eight point. Uh, no, def, diff, uh, but here's the thing: is free free throw misses on your team are. Killers oh, are 100%. deflators. Are deflators. But you know that going in. I mean, Giannis isn't going to go I mean, I'm seventeen breaking... of eighteen like he did in Game Six no. of the Finals last year. That's no. not going to happen. But I mean, it's just a, when your guy misses a free throw, okay, at the free throw line, and yeah, it's demoralizing. Game, it is demoralizing. I mean, at home, I'm breaking bobbleheads. Okay, but, I got them all lined up for tonight too. But I don't. <laughs> I do. I got them. Of course you. Oh, you I'm want prepared some over here. We got a few. I I got like five five or six. And tonight is a bobblehead game. Okay, because this is to me. You know what? Every anything goes tonight. I'm not necessarily concerned about the Bucks missing a few free throws the other night. They missed overall six free throws. They were all Giannis's free throws, by the way. Uh, in that no, that Brooke missed one. This is what I need though from the free throw line. I need uh, Drew to hit all of his, and he did. You need Brooke Lopez to hit all of his. He went five of six. You can obviously live with that. But you also need guys that are in the starting line. I mean, Grayson Allen played for 29 minutes, and he didn't even get to the free throw line. I know he's an outside shooter, mm-hmm. but sometimes you've got to do that inside-outside game or at least try to draw a foul. What was he from the three? And, and get yourself uh, to the line. Allen uh, was one for four, so he didn't shoot the ball very mm-hmm. well from beyond the arc. Drew Holiday, you mentioned it. He missed 17 shots, one of six from beyond the arc. Um, you know, that, that's, again, I mean, that's Giannis, right can't, Giannis can't take threes. And Drew Holiday has to make some of that. I mean, if you want to boil it down to where this game was lost, it was lost in the fourth quarter, obviously, because the the Bucks had no plan to do anything offensively or defensively. But when you do get a shot, I mean, your shot selection has to be a little bit better. Giannis can't take threes, and you just have to execute a little bit better. That's why I hate making predictions because you can't predict how a team is going to execute. You can it's it's impossible to do. If they lose a series, I'm not going to come on wherever I am and start bashing them on Twitter or unless they blow a 15-point lead with 4 minutes to go. But I'm I cut them some major slack Russ because of not having Middleton. I thought Middleton was such a huge closer yeah. last year. And then Giannis, you know, Giannis got the MVP in the finals, of course. The guy put up a 50-burger in the final game. But Middleton was right there and being clutch. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Unlike earlier in the playoffs, I thought, I was like, man, mids, come on. But he was. And I, I will cut them, not that I think they're going to lose, but if they do, I'm going to cut them some slack here. I wouldn't last year, 
But this year, they miss, you know, I mean, Grayson Allen, we're depending on Grayson Allen through jacking up uh, threes. We're calling it Allen and Drew Holiday. Not that they're not good players, but Middleton, a bona fide great shooter. They're missing that outside threat. But they have to have the aggregate makeup for Middleton. I'm not predicting the Bucks to win. I mean, the, the odds seemingly are stacked against them with the way that they've been closing. So I'm not predicting them to win. I, I don't do predictions, and that's one of the reasons how I can get out of that. But I don't have a great feeling about tonight's game. And Middleton not being available is a huge reason why. But again, that's you, you can't predict execution, but you have to be able to close better. And you have to have a better plan offensively than what the Bucks had on, on uh, Monday night. I don't have a good feeling if you use the word aggregate again. Has that ever been used in sports talk before? You made sports talk history by doing that. Uh, yeah. You it pulled has, out the because I've used UW it. Oshkosh thesaurus there. It's the Harvard of the Midwest, my man. <laughs> Harvard of the Midwest. Jim Arzarski is going to join us in about an hour or so. We'll continue talking about Game 5 coming up tonight. And also, the NHL coming to Milwaukee? What? Stay tuned. Keller Show continues. Mike will be back on Monday. Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman in on this Wednesday. I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, Chuck Freeman, but uh, Dario Melendez, formerly of these airwaves. But, did he work uh, here? He did, as so. a matter of fact. And uh, now he's the sports director at WISN uh, Television in Milwaukee. And yesterday he tweeted out, I haven't seen this anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, credit where credit is uh, is due. And if it's not true, then blame where blame goes, I suppose. But he's the only one I've seen actually report this. But see, he is uh, reporting that Pfizer Forum will host the Chicago Blackhawks for a game this October. Okay. Um, the Blackhawks have played here before. Played, they opened up the Bradley Center. Opened the Bradley Center. With they the Edmonton played, Oilers. Played at the old Mecca. Um, have not played on Pfizer Forum. I, I would be. This is the first um, NHL game at Pfizer Forum. It is, and I, when they when they built that thing, they built it with the idea that they could put an NHL ice in there, right? Yeah, they built it with with, with ice capabilities. Yes, and so I was that that just kind of put up a flag, like, oh no, I think that's good. I, I think it's great. I think it's you know I think it's fantastic. I'm just surprised that. I've, you know, first of all, they did that. You know, they, they allowed Pfizer to be, you know, NHL ice capabilities, and that you know, I didn't think the NHL was ever going to come back here and ever play another exhibition game ever again. Well, when they built the arena, they did build it with an NHL sheet, yeah. and you know, the, the Bucks designed the building, mm-hmm. and one of the things that they wanted it to be was not only an arena for basketball. Uh, obviously, Marquette plays there as well. They did not invite the Admirals in, but they didn't do that for a reason, and I think that it was the right decision on both for both parties. Mm-hmm. I think the Admirals are so much better off at the Mecca. Um, you put 6,000 fans in there, and you've got atmosphere. You put 6,000 fans at the Bradley Center exactly. or Fiserv, and it's you know too cavernous to have any kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think they're much better suited off. They've got their own building. They can practice in there. Um, I, I just, it's a better situation for them uh, over at the old Mecca. 
That having been said, they also wanted to vie for things like the Big Ten uh, conference uh, tournament mm-hmm. and, and you know, other ice shows, family ice shows, and they've had all of those things. The Badgers have their tournament there every December. Well, I, the show, they, the, they, they've the had it once, show, and they're going to have it again this year. The hockey say, showcase. I shouldn't say. They're having it every year. No. Well, that's the plan. They had it last forward. year for the yeah. first day. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty successful. Yeah. People seem to enjoy it. I didn't go to any of the games. I asked uh, one of our producers, Spencer Williams. We all know Spencer. I said, is this a good hockey building? Mm -hmm. Because we know it's a great basketball building. We know it's great for concerts. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was designed for. But is this a good hockey building? He's like, yeah, it's actually a pretty good hockey building. So the NHL, and I caution people from this, as far as a full-time team in Milwaukee, it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Because that's the... When you hear the NHL is going to play here... All of a sudden, people are like, oh, is this a precursor to what's coming up? Maybe they could have a team here. No, they're not. And there's so many reasons why. Well, you know, number one, I mean, up there at least, is, you know, the sports, there's not a sports dollar in this yeah. town. That's, that's I think, the biggest one, mm-hmm. along with the fact that, uh, and people, what about Pfizer Forum? They need an arena. And why won't Pfizer Forum work? Because unless the Bucks own the team, mm-hmm. unless Lazary Edens, Dinan, Vasicelli, et cetera, unless that's the purchasing group, they're not going to try to spread that dollar that you're talking about mm-hmm. out so thin. So, And they're the master leaseholders for Pfizer Forum. They control the building. That's why there are Bucks logos everywhere in the building mm-hmm. that you never saw at the Bradley Center or even the Mecca for that matter. It See, is the Bucks building. Well, that's what I thought. I thought if, if – because, the, yeah, they're not going to get somebody – they're not going to bring – they're not going to let another ownership come in right. and have that building. No. You know, they're not going to do that. But I thought, though, when they decided to put ice in this thing, um, in this advisor forum, that maybe the possibility would they, would these guys, you know, roll the dice and, you know, hey, we're living large now. We won an NBA championship. Let's try it with hockey now, too. I, I mean, you know, these guys like to shoot for the moon. They have shot for the moon. You know, they brought in Gus. But this, I know, sat- they brought in Gus and everything. And, you know. uh, well, how'd that work out? Well, that didn't work out. That was a bad move. It was a bad move. And, you know, it was the, it was a, the wrong decision many in many avenues, especially towards Jim Paschke. Disrespectful to him. But, um, you know, we moved on from that. But I, that's what I thought. I thought maybe that these guys thought, hey, you know, we can do anything. Well, and they have, though. I mean, and I've said this a couple times specifically when it comes to the NCAA and how NIL has kind of mm-hmm. taken over the landscape and it's it's caught fire and it doesn't seem like it's got any end or anything like that until somebody can find some consensus to rein it in. But it was because the NCAA. Mm-hmm. It was pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Because you can fatten yourself up like a pig and you can live high off the the you know riches that you have brought in. And that's what the Bucks ownership group is doing right now. They invested in the new arena. Yes, some of it was, you know, put forth by the taxpayers, but, you know, you're getting your return on the investment with uh, the jock tax and and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. it is paying for itself in that sense. But you've also built this district from urban blight where it's the most happening place to not only see a Bucks playoff game when they're there, but also when they're on the road, when the Packers play on Sunday, when the Brewers have important games in September and October, mm-hmm. where if you're not at the stadium, you know where you want to go. You want to go to the Deer District. Why? Because they've got all these big TVs, you've got great service, and you've got this sense of community. Ten years ago, you know this as well as anyone. Mm-hmm. That area, I mean, tumbleweeds were just going down the street. When it was, you know, 
With fourth a, Fourth Street and then, you know, Old World Third Street. How many bars tried to go right, I think, where the Mecca Sports Bar is right now and failed over the years? Sports bars. All of them. Yes. Every, All of them. Different names. I mean, how many, Legends. Different, how many different names can we name a sports bar? Yeah. And when these guys had this plan to build the Deer District, you know, we were like, okay, this was, you know, 2014 or whatever it was, 2015. We're going to try to do an L.A. Live kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like, come on. Yeah, but it, it worked. But, it, but it's worked. You know, this is where the and, Brewers missed out, and I'm putting that, and I'm glad the Brewer, Miller Park is where it is. But, you know, you would guess if 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 they would have built Miller Park back in the day downtown, they would have owned that downtown district. They would have. The yeah, and... In the warm weather, reasons. too. Yeah, there are, there, there are reasons, and most people from out of town don't understand. Why, did not, why didn't you build the stadium downtown? It would have been so much better downtown. That's because tailgating is such a part of the baseball yep. culture here yep. in Wisconsin. So, but, I, I mean, I, imagine like the Deer District that. in the summertime. Sure. Baseball like every day. Grill, but people love their girls. People love yep. to play catch you know, with their old man before the game or yeah. with their friends or throw the football around the parking lot. That is become so ingrained in our culture that's why when they were building then miller park that's why it was built out there and and that's all well and good but what they built with the deer district is something that's that's pretty special so that's that's pigs getting fat but if you keep going and you're like you know what we're gonna bring in another air quotes major league franchise we're gonna bring in the nhl and that nhl team doesn't do well it's gonna be a tough sell yeah and you know part of the reason that the Deer District has been buoyed so much is because the team's been good. If the team sucked, it'd eh, be a hard sell, I sure think. Sure would be, yeah. And at some point, you know, Giannis is not going to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's going to retire. He might go to another team. That's within the realm of possibility. You don't want to think about those things, but every relationship comes to an end. And someday, you know, look at the Chicago Bulls. Um, of course, they got six titles out of it, but what happened after MJ retired? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to talk about building, a, building an arena in the wrong place. Yeah. They should have. Yeah. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah, sure but was. they wanted the parking. But nobody tailgates before a Bulls game. No, no. But no, I but, digress. But, but you know what I'm saying? They, uh, you know, they after MJ, you know, the Bulls were high. And, and, I mean, the Bulls were, you know, great. Had that run in the 90s. And then after that, you know, it was like, you know, they couldn't get, they couldn't, they, they couldn't give away tickets for that place. It was like the old Chicago Stadium days. So, well, I mean, here's the thing, though. They actually drew okay for how bad they were. Well, but I it think, wasn't like it was in the nineties. No, you're, you're right but I about think that. Some of it after a couple of years, because people still had that thought. Okay, you know, they're still the Bulls, but it's different players in these uniforms. Yeah, I mean, they they weren't they weren't good. But that you know, back, I, in, back in that era, you know, when the Bucks get done with their run, like you said with Giannis, it's going to be you know we're going to go through that run just like you know we keep thinking the Packers are going to do, uh, and they just keep winning. Um, but you know, sooner or later, it's going to take its toll on the Bucks. And when Giannis and everybody else gets old, um, or if Giannis goes somewhere else. Um, yeah, we'll see how what it's like at Pfizer Forum. You this hope is, that the foundation has been built. Yeah, and 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 I I just hope though, you know, I think you're kind of getting at it that you know I I didn't want the Bucks, you know, like a WNBA team. I didn't want them to bring a WNBA team here to Milwaukee because I wanted the Bucks to figure out the Milwaukee Bucks first. Yeah, well, I think they have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now hate, they have. I wouldn't hate a WNBA team here because it's, they don't play at the same time. They play no. opposite, and it's programming in the summer for the arena. No, but I just wanted them to figure out because the Milwaukee Bucks were spinning their wheels for oh, a while. Yeah, the, well, they, the, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks were awful for a long time. Yes. Let's, let's call it what it was. They were terrible. Now I'm fine with it. But you know, 2015. Let's get this thing figured out before we think about bringing a WNBA team in the town. So what's this going to? Ha- so what do you think? Bring in the next exhibition game here. Is this? Are they just trying to steal some more fans or what? No, I think it's a one-off. I think it's going to be fun. I'm yeah. going to go. I, I don't know. I would too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go. 
And, um, if the, and if they had an NHL team, I certainly would go. Well, here's the other question. We can hit this coming up after the uh, after the break. Do you then boo the Blackhawks because they're from Chicago? Can can a Wisconsin sports fan have any love in their heart for a Chicago team? Well, I think that's the one Chicago team that gets a mulligan, Russ. Based on when they were making their run, 2010. Hit us up on the talk and text line because I got some tweets about this yesterday that I thought were interesting as well. Mike Geller's off. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. Stay with us on the game. Song of their son, uh, set, set list. Number four. Nice to see that the set list has evolved over the years. <laughs> Number four. Unless I'm five, four, I think. Yeah. 1985, my senior year in high school. Mark Luther. Still not in their Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe someday. You've mentioned that quite a few times. Yeah, you know, a little angry. Not angry. No, no, just a little, no, no, no. You're angry. No, I'm not angry. Just like, oh, I guess, you know, I'm not a judge. No. Is that who they put but in? Child, you know, everybody else, apparently. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, at least, I'll play, at least I'll play some Mario for you. There we go. That's that's good. That's that's model. I said this uh, during the week with uh, Ted. I've said this a couple of times. I do take requests for bumper music. Do you? Yeah. Okay. And it's not, I mean, Ted was like, he was painting. He's like, on Monday, we're a special, uh, you know, you'll take requests. Somewhere. No, it's like, if you ever want to hear something, yeah. this is just kind of a blanket statement. That doesn't mean that automatically, if I, listen, if I can't find it, I'm not going to play it, probably. If I've never heard of it, and I can't, and I can't find it, yep. yeah, then I'm going to have to preview it. And then, now you're asking me to work. Are you talking about the on-air guys that's request time, or the no, listeners? from the listeners on the okay. talking text line. And right. I also, I implore you to do this. Do not call in your requests. Text yeah. them in. Oh, Please, yeah. text them in. Well, it's 2020. Because then I will, because if you call in, I'll forget. It's like, you know, I never use my phone to talk to people. Yeah. That's why we have the t- the text line of the I like texting. Text line. I mean, I don't. I don't even like texting because yeah. sometimes because if you don't get back to somebody right away, yeah, you know, then it's like, you know, what what's yeah. going on? So I've tried to uh, get as many because I'm tired of I I pick the music every day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I want some. I want to parse out the work. So country, rock and roll, anything. Yeah, not the matter. Yeah. Okay, if it's a reasonable request, mm-hmm. I will do my uh, my best to uh, within reason get it on. Russell, when I will not get anything on that has a lot of swear words in it, though. Well, that's good. I mean, my kid will grab my phone and ten year old and start playing music that's got swear words, and I said, "Listen, I'm swearing bad enough. He shouldn't be listening to music." Right. You know, if I'm going to swear, that's one thing, but yeah, you know, I don't want him listening to music that's got swearing in it. Exactly. That's uh, you know, we 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 can all we can yeah. all agree on that. All right. Here's the question from before the break. So Daria Melendez from uh, WISN TV 12 in Milwaukee. Uh, he is the sports director, and he tweeted out that the NHL is coming to Milwaukee. Pfizer Form will host the Chicago Blackhawks for a game this October. It'll be the first NHL action in Milwaukee since the early 90s. Uh, and uh, the follow-up is the Blackhawks' likely opponent is either the Predators or the Wild, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the Minnesota Wild, uh, who you see some of their games. It's kind of odd that the Blackhawks have Milwaukee's territorial rights, and they do. That's mm-hmm. not in dispute. But... On Bally Sports Wisconsin and prior to that, Fox Sports Wisconsin, 
we got a lot and still get a lot of Minnesota Wild games. So, and then of course the Nashville Predators, that's the parent club for the Milwaukee Admirals. So that either one of those two sure teams makes sense. So the question is, do the Blackhawks get a mulligan from Wisconsin sports fans as far as their hatred to all things Chicago? Because I get a lot of flack for this. I am a Blackhawks fan. Always have been. Back in the day, the Blackhawks, I think it was it might have been just for a season, but the Blackhawks, first of all, it was the first NHL game I ever attended was a Blackhawks game at the Bradley Center. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they were the Admirals affiliate way, way, way back in the day. And like I said, I think it may have been only been for a year, maybe two. But that's that was kind of my entry point because we've never had an NHL team. Pile on top of that, I lived in Chicago. And, you know, you're not going to become a Bears fan. You're not going to become a Bulls fan. You're not going to become a White Sox or a Cubs fan or anything like that. Yeah, but there's no NHL team here. You want to root for somebody. Mm -hmm. You want to have some sort of sense of community. And they were starting to get okay at the time. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, You know, it's funny, though, when you hear, because I think a lot of us are still don't understand all the rules to hockey. I, I always say it's probably true of a lot of sports. Or yeah, breaking down the X's and O's in hockey. Sure. You know, we're, we're not just doing that. We're not Barry, what's-his-face, Melrose, breaking down hockey, okay? Or um, the panger. But it was funny, like, in, yeah, we're I, if, on Chicago Sports Talk, you know, listen to those guys down there trying to break down and, uh, the, when the Blackhawks are making their runs, okay? And these guys are trying to talk hockey, break down hockey. It's like, dude, you don't have no idea what you're talking about. You know, not that I do, but, I mean, especially, I mean, they, they're, they're forcing it. What are you talking about? I mean, no. Uh, but it, it's just not – it just didn't come natural for those guys down there. It just sounded stupid. So, but, you know, would I like to see a game? Yeah. You know what? I just like this. I just think it would be cool to see a, prof- a big-time professional sporting event like that come to Pfizer Forum, an NHL. Even if it's an exhibition game. It would be great. Uh, no matter who it is. Just to see the NHL here, it'd be, I think that's a, that's a neat thing to happen. That's, uh, that, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, so I asked the question, and I put it out on the talking text line as well at uh, 414-799-1973. This is from JB in the 920. Boo the Blackhawks. Yes, technically the wildest Wisconsin's go-to NHL team, right? Well, I don't know if they are or not. No, are they? I don't think we have one because the Minnesota Wild, yes, we see some of their games here on Valley Sports Wisconsin, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago. But they're so, I mean, they're on the other side of the state. And now for our listeners that are in Eau Claire, for our listeners that are in that part of the state, yes, absolutely. And it's But the, this is from the, the 920, so I don't know. In the Milwaukee area, probably not. But outstate where we have so many of our great affiliates and so many of our great listeners, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it is. I'd love to hear from some folks out there. You know, the uh, our, our stations at Eau Claire, um, WBIZ, I believe it is, if I mm-hmm. get that right. Um it was WBIZ back then, the callers right. were. But sure they, but they right are now. there at Minnesota North Stars games back then in Eau Claire. So, yeah, there's plenty of North uh, now now on Minnesota Wild. But, yeah, professional. You go to a bar in Eau Claire, they'll have the, they'll have the, um, the Wild game on TV. Of course, there will be people. With, will they uh, have the Wild game on TV or will they just have not change the channel from no, the Brewers game? Because they'll be sitting at the bar. I've, I've okay. gone to that, what was, old, was called the okay. camaraderie. I forgot what it's called now, Flannery's or something. But on Water Street, I was there a couple of months ago and there were guys at the bar with, uh, with Wild jerseys on watching the game. Okay. That's legit. Yeah. That's legit. I got some tweets on this as well. You can find me on uh, Twitter, very simply, at Doug Russell. You're at Chuck Freeman. E before I, correct? E before I, yeah. All right. And there's a D at the end of Freeman. You got it. Okay. M-U-N-D. Uh, this is from Beer and Kringle. 
says, hopefully everyone boos Chicago. Why is this sport different than the others? Make this a road game for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I got no hate for the Blackhawks. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't have an NHL team. No, the other teams, teams you're mentioned, yeah, but no. Okay. You know, even like when the Hawks were on the run, I mean, you go to down, you know, downtown Milwaukee, you saw a lot of bars downtown uh, just have the Blackhawk games on and people with the... Yeah, when they were good. The jer- yeah, the shirts on. Yeah, yeah, watch the playoffs. Sure. I've yeah. got a Jonathan Taves jersey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They're yeah. comfortable, too. Well, it's a hockey jersey. Yeah, hockey jerseys are comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. About, about the most comfortable thing you can wear. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's see from the 262. Isn't it the Blackhawks' fault why we don't have a hockey team in Milwaukee? Why give money to them? Well, it's not necessarily their fault mm-hmm. because there was an opportunity in the very early 90s when the NHL expanded. Mm-hmm. And the price tag was $50 million. And for Lloyd Pettit, who it wasn't his money, it was Jane's. But for Lloyd Pettit, he's like, oh, that's too much money to spend. Now, could you imagine $50 million for an NHL franchise? They go for, you know, 20 times that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you want a new NHL franchise, it's almost, well, I don't know what the Kraken was, but it was several hundred million dollars. I thought when Winnipeg moved to, uh, to Phoenix, I thought maybe there was a shot that they would move here. This is a long time ago. I thought, yeah. oh, are they eyeing up Winnipeg? Maybe sure, and uh, that never happened. I mean, if you if you if we didn't have the Bucks here, I think for sure an NHL team would go. Over. Well, and that was the thought when there was the Pfizer Forum debate that was going on. Mm-hmm. The Bucks need a new arena. It's like, why do they need a new arena? Just move them out and move a, an NHL team in here. Well, you still have the arena problem because there's no NHL team that's going to move into a sure. 30-year-old building no matter what it, what sport it was built for. No, I mean, in our state, we are so good of wrapping our arms around a sports team, okay, that there's no doubt in my mind if uh, if, it was, if the Bucks were not here that NHL hockey would work big time here. Oh, it would. It, it, there's no question. If the But that's the that's the rub. Mm-hmm. If the Bucks weren't here, well, they've been here for 54 years. Yeah. So no, if they would have left, if they would have gone to Seattle, let's say they would have gone to yeah, Seattle a few maybe years, maybe the ago, Kraken would have come here. He, he could have been the we Milwaukee Kraken. You know that could, could have been a possibility. But you still would have needed somebody to build an arena. Yeah, but if the Bucks weren't here, but they are, they're defending NBA champions, and we're going to talk more about them coming up in the second hour of the program. Keep the talk and text line humming, if you will. We'll read some more of your texts coming through. We'll also get to let's see. Somebody requested some kiss because they're in town. They blew us off yesterday. We we're supposed to have. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons on the show. What? Yeah, they never called. Oh, come on. Um, what, what, what's the story on that? We were supposed to have Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons on the show, and they never called. That's the, that's the story. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're in town, but... So, so you put a request in for those guys. So, yeah, okay. so there there will not be any kiss played on the show today. All right. No Christine 16, no Love Gun, no nope. Destroyer, nothing? Nope. Okay. Nope. No Beth? Nope. Not even Beth. All right. Not even Beth. All right. One of the best ballads ever. Oh, yeah. Well, it was about, you know, a guy who just didn't want to go home to his old lady. No. And I always tell ask Shannon, I say, Shannon, what would you do if you'd be Beth right now? And she goes, I'd be pissed. And she said some other words. Mm. That we don't say anymore, right? Uh, uh, around a ten-year-old, but uh, yeah, no. But she—that's <laughs> always a funny so, gimmick on her song. I got no hate for Kiss, yeah. But you know, do the right thing. Pick up the phone. Let's go. Come on. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. All right, hour one is in the books. Hour number two coming up. I'm Doug. He's Chuck. We're in for Mike. Same this. Here on the Mike Heller Show, Doug Russell in, Chuck Freeman in. 
from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. There, uh, Bucks beat writer Jim Ozarski. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes or so. Or, or so. He's in Boston for tonight's Game 5. We spent some time talking about Game 5 in hour number one. We will continue to do so uh, here in hour number two as well. JB in the 920. Kiss big time to you? Shocked. Simmons is a D-bag. Well, Simmons would come in here, and I think he would try stepping on all those guys. I mean, literally, with his big boots. and I wouldn't want to... That's, I mean, Al, I thought about Alice Cooper before. I mean, Gene Simmons, you don't want to tick off. I'm not afraid of Gene Simmons. What's that? I'm not afraid of Gene, no, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons, man. Come on now. Oh, come on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him. Uh, he also writes, uh, we don't have a team because of the Blackhawks, so the hate runs strong in me for preventing us from getting a team. I'm actually a Lightning fan. Well, that's random. Uh, John Cooper bought the uh, Gamblers a couple of titles, and he's just uh, a great and easy guy to root for. So, okay. I mean, look. I'm not telling you that you have to root for the Blackhawks. I'm mm-hmm. saying that if you're blaming the Blackhawks for Milwaukee not having a an NHL team, that's I I, I I can't make that journey with you. I can't make that leap with you. Um, is it preventing Milwaukee from having one? It's a factor. It's probably probably the biggest non-starter factor because of the territorial rights, which mm-hmm. is again a thing. But there are so many factors. Uh, they would need an arena to play in because the Bucks owners aren't going to let them play in Fiserv Forum. That's unless, the, unless the Bucks owned it too. Unless the Bucks, yeah. unless the Bucks own the team, but then yeah. they would also be kind of undercutting themselves because of the sports dollar that's already stretched pretty thin in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. When you consider that you've got a major league baseball team here, who I mean, and listen, we've for the for the size of our market in Milwaukee, what we've been able to do, and I would say the same thing in Madison with Badgers games and in Green Bay with. Because they're all state teams, the Brewers are have become a state team, and the Bucks are starting to really become a state team, especially after they won the title last year. But the Packers have always been a state team, and Wisconsin obviously has always been a state team. But for the size of our markets, what we as a sports fandom have been able to do is nothing short of incredible. Oh, without and with the especially, I've always said this about the Milwaukee Brewers, Russ. That you know the Brewers have never never won a World Championship, been to one World Series in fifty two years. That alone is an embarrassment. But still, how you can still get 40000 I don't care if they're giving out prime ribs on a Sunday. You're getting 40000 out for a little bobblehead, and people are coming out to see the Brewers and Pirates. I mean, that's still incredible. That it, it still gets people out there. And people, and they're attendant fingers. Yeah, they're ten, for a team that hasn't won a championship. Yeah. So you've already got the, the dollar, especially in the wintertime in Milwaukee. <coughs> it's already pretty stretched thin. You've got the Bucks. You've got Marquette. Mm-hmm. Got the Admirals, you got UWM. I mean, that's that's a lot. And the Admirals have been here since 1970, and I have no interest in not having the Admirals in town because the Admirals are and have been such an incredible part of the uh, the fabric of our community. And what they have been able to do again, a minor league team mm-hmm. that they and they embrace minor league. They embrace you know some of the shenanigans of minor league hockey, and I think that's what made what has made them successful. It's what's given them staying power, and they've had local owners who were invested in the community. Um, I, I have no interest in seeing the Admirals go away. And they do a great job, maybe better than anybody as far as promotions. Absolutely. I mean, look at the promotions the Admirals do, bringing that's, the concerts and everything else that they do and the gimmicks and the wrestling and all that. Yeah, uh, fant- without a doubt, without a doubt. No, nobody wants to see the Admirals. Uh, go away, um, and they're and and they got their following here in town, and people do like them and love them, especially when they get to the postseason. Just like with UWM, when they get to the postseason, people jump aboard. Oh yeah, and it's playoff time for the Admirals. And yep. if you're in Milwaukee, our sister station, the Big Nine Twenty, they are the uh, Admirals' flagship. 
But, um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to love the Blackhawks, but I, I wouldn't say that because of the Blackhawks, that's why Milwaukee doesn't have an NHL mm-hmm. team. That's because the Pettits didn't want to pony up $50 million in about 1991 or 92. So, Russ, what if they did? What if they had gone that route? I don't know how successful <laughs> it would be because the would Bucks have, obviously would, would have still been here. I don't know if the Bucks would have survived because... Because the Bucks were terrible in the mid-90s. They were awful. Yeah. Uh, they were irrelevant. They were worse than awful. The, wor- the worst thing that you can be is irrelevant. Yeah. And you look at the situation that's going on. You mentioned the Winnipeg Jets moving to Phoenix. That's the worst situation in sports oh, right now yeah. because they just got kicked out of their arena. They've never done anything in a quarter century in the desert. Mm-hmm. I, they've never made it to a Stanley Cup final. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs most of those years in a league that's pretty hard to not make the playoffs in. Yeah. And because they got evicted from Gila River Arena in Glendale, evicted. Mm-hmm. They've gotten evicted from their Thrown arena. Thrown out. Yep. Thrown out. Yep. They have to play at an arena that is currently under construction for Arizona State University that will hold 5,000 fans. Yeah. That's their that's their solution until, until they can build a permanent billion-dollar arena. But that... Even that is a folly. So that's a team that I honestly, as much as Gary Bettman wants to go down with the ship on that, that's a team that could very well be moved. But I'm wondering if the NHL had come in 1992, okay? And the Bucks when they when they when they got the number one pick and they were able to draft Glenn Robinson, there was a feeling of resurgence. Mike Dunleavy took over mm-hmm. coaching GM. We got this guy from the Lakers who's coming in and just was in the NBA Finals last year, and he's coming in. He's going to turn our franchise around, which never happened until late 2000s under a different you know, coach and general manager. Um, there, there, but, there were a lot of attempted stops and starts. Yes, with the, there was. With the you Bucks know, when they Ford were kind of doing their <laughs> franchise walkabout. But, you know, they could have, the, the NHL could have taken the Bucks when they're vulnerable right now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they, there was some interest when they drafted Glenn Robinson that this was going to be it, and it then never turned out. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it could have been the, the NHL that would have forced the Bucks out of town. I don't think that, and I still, I, I would say this in 1991, and I would say this in 2022. Milwaukee just, even if the arena wasn't an issue, even if the Blackhawks, even if that wasn't an issue, mm-hmm. I just don't think that there's enough disposable sports there entertainment dollars to go around to support both teams. Yeah. No, there isn't. Even if everything else was taken care of. There isn't. I mean, you look at any weekend here in the wintertime, and, you know, Marquette and you got the Admirals going on, and you got, uh, well, I mean, UWM draws, you know, they draw their mm-hmm. share of, you know, a thousand people there, which I wish they had their own arena, too, on the campus, but that's another story. Um, but, yeah, the sports, though, there's not enough for in this market. As great as we support the golf tournaments and, you know, the Bucks and the Brewers and all that, you know, it just was not going to work. And I wish it would have. I, I think that that would have been, uh, and you know, somebody asked me about, night. somebody, well, right, but. You also remember when the Bucks were doing, as I like to call their franchise walkabout, there were empty, not seats at the Bradley Center, there were empty sections mm-hmm. at the Bradley Center on Saturday nights. Yeah. I mean, no one would go. And if there was an NHL team that was here, you'd see the same thing. And but if that, the NHL, that's not sustainable. But if the NHL team, stunk, which an expansion team would have done, you know, like Seattle, if it would have stunk... And it gone on for a few years. Yeah, you supported at the beginning, but would they have kept on coming out? Well, and the only reason that Seattle has the Kraken is because the Sonics left. Yeah. And Seattle's a much bigger city or much bigger metro area mm-hmm. than Milwaukee is. They possibly could, uh, you know, could sustain having both an NHL team and an NBA team. Well, I think team. they're trying to get an NBA team, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. They, but they've also got somebody who's willing to write that check. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, unless Herb Kohler or... 
you know, maybe the uh, you know the the Johnson family, the yeah. you know, Craig Leopold who owns the Minnesota Wilds from Racine, unless somebody's going to write that big check. I mean, yeah. I've had I had this discussion on Twitter the last twenty four hours. Somebody was opining about you know it would be great to have an MLS team here. Yeah, it'd be great. Got about four hundred million dollars for a stadium. Because the Brewers aren't letting them play at Miller Park. Well, there was talk in the in the early '80s, I want to say, of bringing an NPSL, an outdoor soccer t- league, you know, one of the because you know, the, there was a Chicago Sting at the time, and bringing one of those teams to Milwaukee. That never happened. You know that for they they were going to you know, play a county stadium. No, it never happened. And there was even talk before the Pettits, even like the early mid mid '70s, of of bringing a professional. NHL team here to town, and of course that never happened either. But when uh, that was really before the Admirals had really taken hold. I mean, the Admirals mm-hmm. are a, an institution there here in Milwaukee mm-hmm. now. So again, I I understand the lament, and I and and this news yesterday that there's going to be a Blackhawks game at Fiserv Forum. I I think it's renewed some hockey fans because Milwaukee is a good hockey community. You know, it's a great hockey community in the state of Wisconsin, Madison. Well, it is, and the Fox Valley, uh, and you know, throughout the state, this. I mean, but I'm just talking about a city that could be that. that Somebody asked me about could Madison host a team? I think it's just too small, and they don't. And it's the same thing. You need an arena. But youth hockey in Wisconsin is huge. It's exploded. Absolutely. Um, You know, I mean, because it used to be just Shaw in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. You know, the South Side, uh, Wilson Park. There was you know the hockey there. And they got Ebel Park in Brookfield. Yeah, Ebel Park, and, yeah, and there's a few others. And, and, and the, yeah, it's just a, and the Fox Valley, it's big. And, and there's some sheets out in Madison. And I bring yeah. up Madison because uh, it, it, they don't really have a team. They have the Madison – I mean, they have the Madison Capitals, but I, I think they draw – I mean, it's a junior league team. Draw a few hundred for a game. Yeah. I mean, that's not really – that's not really a professional team. The Admirals are a professional team. They're the, the – AHL is the second best, with all apologies of the KHL – the AHL puts in more players to the NHL than any other league in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the you know the people. There's optimistic. There's fans in, in in town who love the NHL, and but it's just unfortunately it's just not going to happen. So. I mean, you could be, be yeah, you could hope that and, window you know, closed. We talk about closed. we talk about the window closing with window Aaron Rodgers. Well, the yep. window for the NHL closed a long time ago, and then they painted it shut, and then they nailed it shut <laughs> with the but it, form, yeah. but it will still be fun to see the Chicago Blackhawks sure play either the, the Wild or the Predators or. Yeah, have like a little tournament here. Like yeah. I said, you know, Why not? You, you know, I I've always thought this, you know, Miller Park, well, Amfam Field, they should have a triple header, have the Admirals, have the Wisconsin Badgers, and have an NHL game. Oh, that'd be great. A triple header that'd inside Miller. And if we're going to have all these games outside, all over the place, you can do it in Lake Tahoe. You can do it at yes. American Family Field. Why can't we have a triple header at Amfam Field? Well, they did it. They the Badgers played outdoor games at Lambeau Field and at Camp Randall Stadium. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the one at Camp Randall. Uh, I was at the one at Lambeau in 2006. I think it was. Yeah, um, it was, uh, and, and then you know there was a across the street the uh, Phoenix game the night before, uh, right after that. But um, yeah, I, you know, like Amfam Field, I'd love for them to find more uses of Amfam Field, especially you know, in the winter. Well, yeah, you know they brought the bowling tournament in here a few times, but you know, just if there was a way to f- play a basketball game there, I don't know. You know, a college basketball series. Uh, you know, somebody would say, "Well, it's too cold to play that." But I don't know. Let's find some more uses to get out of uh, out of Amphan well, Field. It's going to be a concert hall. Is it this weekend that the Kenny uh, Chesney I think concert is? is it Labor Day weekend. 
Uh, it's coming, and there's also an Eric Church Eric show Church, that's coming. Maybe, yeah. So it's it's a concert hall as well yeah. as a and, and I'd, baseball I'd, stadium. I'd like to see them bring more concerts. You know, anything for our community. You know, bring 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 more events like that. That's great. I would love to see the Badgers football team have an open practice at American Family Field. Yeah, That'd yeah, that would be fun. Like a, a, like little, the spring game or something. Spring, like that. Yeah, they you know like they kind of spit away with the spring spring game. I'd like to see them bring it back, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, but I think, but I think Russ, you know, if you had the triple header of hockey at Hanfield, I think that'd be a a cool thing to have. Okay, have it on, you know, January first. Yeah, if the Badgers aren't in a bowl game, obviously. But uh, yeah, if you have a right around the holidays, if you had a triple header of hockey at Amphan Field, I think people would love it. Uh, you asked me about this uh, as we uh, kind of turn the page on this. Keep the uh, talking text line humming, if you will, at four one four seven nine nine one ninety seven three. I think it was the last time that we did a show, we were talking about the Motor City Miracle that uh, we play on Packers Prime on Sundays mm-hmm. on our flagship station, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, your new home for the Green Bay Packers in Milwaukee. Uh, and you had asked about the 1994 game from the 1993 season. Sure. That's what we're going to do this weekend. Oh, the game against Detroit? Yep. Sterling Sharp. Yep. Favre the Sharp. Brett Favre's first playoff win. Uh-huh. And do you know the scheduling quirk about all of this? About that game, wasn't it? Was that on New Year's in, Day in nineteen ninety four? It was calendar, a Saturday. No calendar year nineteen ninety four. The Packers and the Lions played five times. Okay, because they played one of the games on a playoff game. They played five times. Yeah, in nineteen ninety four, including this game on January eighth, the week prior on January second. So that's mm-hmm. two in the yeah. first week. So the end of the regular season, first week of the playoffs, the wild card. Uh-huh. Then in the 1994 season, they played twice again, as they do every year. So that's four. Mm-hmm. And then the playoff game on December 31st. On New Year's Eve, they played the Detroit Lions in 1994, calendar year 1994. They played them five times. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And the Packers won, what, four and one of that? I think they went three and two. Three and two? Yeah. So we're going to error. The game that uh, Favre got us for, and, and that was a like, that was Favre's first playoff win. And another highlight I remember that game. Then, like George Teague had a hundred yard pick return, didn't he? To kind of you turn know what? that game around. You know, you can do. You can listen on Sunday, starting at noon, on our Packers flagship station, ninety seven three, the game in Milwaukee, and uh, listen to Jim Irwin and Max McGee, and they'll go through the whole game for you, play by play, all the way through, all three hours. You've previewed the game, I've, I've heard. Well, I edit the game, so, no. <laughs> Jim and Max. Jim and Max. That's old school right there, man. Absolutely. That's so stick around for that, um, and we'll do this throughout. We're going to lead you up to football season. We're, we're, we're training our new Milwaukee audience the, for, for the Packers to just flip, flip the dial. But every Sunday, uh, you're going to be hearing Packers, some of the best Packers classic games of all time mm-hmm. on Packers Prime starting at noon on Sunday. And this week, it's Brett Favre's first, uh, first playoff win. That uh, last-minute thriller at Detroit. Next week, uh, we have Antonio Freeman's Improbable Bobble from 2000. He did what? Yeah. He did He did what? That'll be next week. <laughs> Let's see. Some of the other games that we've got coming up, uh, the NFC Championship game against Carolina in January of 1997. We've got Wayne and Larry's first game together. We're going to play that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, remember Matt, uh, Matt Flynn bringing the Packers back in that critical win at Dallas? In uh, 2013, yes, we got that game uh-huh. that's coming up. Uh, remember when Favre came back, or not Favre, when Rodgers came back after spraining his knee on opening night on national television against the Chicago Bears? Now we're going to play that game. Okay, we got that one coming up. 
Uh, you've got the impossible comeback against Dallas in the playoffs, the Jared Cook game. Can we get our hands on the 1983-48-47 Packers-Redskins game? We've looked. Oh, we have? Uh, archiving wasn't always great. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. 1983 wasn't, wasn't always the best. It would be probably a little, I mean, the recording of that probably wouldn't be very good anyway. But I, mean, I wonder if there's a copy out there at all. That was the first Packer game I ever went to. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. The first Packer game I ever went to was um, the uh, first game that John Jefferson ever played for the Packers against the uh, Minnesota Vikings at County Stadium. 1981? Okay. Something like 81, that. 82? Yeah, somewhere okay. in there. I, 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 I think I was at that. I mean, I think this is the, the, the 83 game was the first time I was there at Lambeau Field. But I was at that one at because at, I remember Jefferson coming out and raising his arms out to the crowd as he came out of the Brewer um, dugout at the time. Yeah. 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 So, again, that's coming up on Sunday. Brett Favre's first playoff win, that last-minute thriller at the Pontiac Silverdome, the second of the five times the Packers and the Lions played in calendar year 1994. That Favre pass skinned the top of uh, the Silverdome. I think it just touched and grazed the top of it. Well, like Aaron Rodgers so did uh, at Ford Field yeah. so many years later. It was just so high and arcing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sterling Sharp all alone. In the end zone, and the Packers win their first game in a non-strike-shortened season. You know when the the previous playoff win that they had had was? It was uh, Super Bowl two. They hadn't won a playoff game since Super Bowl two. The Packers? Yeah, with the exception of 82, which was a strike-shortened year. Yeah, they had they beat St. Louis. Yeah. The St. Louis Cardinals. Um, so in a full season. Wow, that's amazing. That was the last playoff. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Do you remember who? what happened the following week after they beat Detroit? Uh, I forgot. Lost to Detroit. They lost to uh, Dallas. That started their run. Oh, that started the Dallas. Oh, that started the Dallas debacle. Lost to Dallas. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to change gears. We're going to talk about Game Five. The uh, current NBA champions still defending their title, but a huge, pivotal, unbelievably important game tonight. Can't wait in Boston. Jim Ozarski, our Green and Cream Insider, he is in Beantown, and he's going to join us coming up straight ahead. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. Run for Mike Heller. Stay with us on the game. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. I know this is Jim Ozarski's walk-up music, but I almost feel like it should also be yours, Chuck Freeman. This? Yeah. Why is that? Because this says Chuck Freeman to me. The Shallon Land, a young dude. I don't think so. To you got the wrong Chuck Goose. Freeman. Only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. I don't think it says Jim Ozarski. Well, yeah, this, this is Jim's, but I think he might have he might have stolen it from you. Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman, by the way, in for Mike Keller today. As we welcome in Jim Ozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Are you aware that you stole that from Chuck Freeman? Because nothing <laughs> oozes Chuck more than the Wu Tang Clan. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think if, if you're up and about Lamira and, and, and <laughs> down into Milwaukee, I mean, Chuck Freeman is about that cash. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you who this is. Who is this? Not Jimmy, but who's the song? It's Wu-Tang Clan. Who? The Wu-Tang Clan. Look at this. Yeah. Is that a bad word? No. That's okay. the name. Oh. Okay, Hi, Jim. A, How's Boston? A, sounds like that, I thought that was a word for something. No. You can't say that on the radio. It's the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Uh, Hi, Jim. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, guys. Boston <laughs> is very nice. Not as warm as Milwaukee, but uh, sunny and no complaints. Oh, that's right. That's good. I hope that they guard Horford as soon as he comes out of the bus tonight. He gets off that bus. 
or he gets out of his car, there would be somebody guarding him all the way. Although, you know what, I, I can't see him keeping this thing going. Can you? No, I, I mean, look, the, all respect to Al Horford for having a career night, you know, at, at Pfizer 4, but that's exactly what it was. It was a career night. So I think if you're the Bucks, they're, I don't think they're going to not acknowledge how well Al Horford has played this series and, and maybe leave him as unattended as maybe they have. But, I, I mean, look, I, I can't see them totally changing their defensive game plan just because Al Horford had a great day, just like they didn't really change it after Grant Williams had a great day in game two. So, yeah, Chuck, I, I mean, I, I imagine maybe they'll pay a little more attention, but, I mean, you can't really count on that guy. I don't even think the Celtics can count on that guy to have that kind of game again. Let's talk about the fourth quarter. Game one, the Bucks played uh, pretty good in the fourth quarter. They played well enough, certainly. They got off to a slow start, but uh, after the first eight minutes, I thought they played good basketball. Uh, game two, they got their asses handed to them from you know tip-off to final horn, so... Uh, that was, I would say, a poor fourth quarter, but it was a poor four quarters. Uh, game three, they escaped by the skin of their teeth. And then in game four, they completely collapsed in the fourth quarter. Is this fatigue? Is this missing Middleton? Is it execution? Is it just waiting for Giannis to do something both offensively and defensively in carrying this team? What are you seeing uh, in these fourth quarters that just have not gone well for the Bucks? I mean, it is, to me, it, it starts with not having Chris Middleton. I mean, um, he's their closer. He's a guy who can get his own shot uh, relatively easily. Um, his the, the spacing that's created when he runs pick and roll at two-man game with Giannis and Kumbo, you know, is missing, even when Drew Holiday is is running it. He's, you know, Drew Holiday's not the same type of mid-range shooter that Chris Middleton is. So, I, I, I mean, I think it starts there. You know, guys, uh, he's a three-time All-Star. <laughs> there's not many of them. And while Drew Holiday is very good, um, I mean, there's a reason it's the big three. And, and they're, they're feeling that. Now, in terms of the fatigue thing, that's interesting. Um, I mean, Giannis is working, and Drew Holiday are working so hard offensively. And it, it's probably catching up to them on how isolation-heavy this team has been. And they've been this way. This, this is not new. I mean, when Chris Middleton's there, it's, it's, there's a lot of ISO or two-man stuff. I mean, this is what they do. It's just when, when the roster's built that way, it just – I mean, you're not running ISO for Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen or Brooke Lopez. Like, it's just not the same. And, and so the spacing's not the same, Doug and, and Chuck. And so I feel like, you know, maybe there's some fatigue there because they are also playing so hard defensively. They're not getting the break. You know, like you, you guys remember this from back in the various playoff series, Kobe or, or LeBron or Michael Jordan, really good defenders, but occasionally they could go down the other side and, and catch a breather, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not happening in this series. So I think it's, a, it's, it's Middleton, I would put one, Doug, and then fatigue, 1A, but they're both related. Yeah, I mean, just not having Middleton. I mean, they just—I I think that just kind of shows as this series goes on here, someone who's going to get you a big bucket after big bucket. I mean, I know what the, I mean, the defensive end. I mean, the Celtics shot sixteen of nineteen in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's a case. It's like, man, what can you do when a team does that? 
But uh, boy, not having Middleton, I think that's uh, it's becoming more and more evident. Just uh, and we knew it was going to be this, but uh, how much they'd miss him. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know, guys, you know this. I mean, you, you take the calls. I mean, it, it's it, in this city, even despite a championship, <laughs> Chris Middleton kind of gets the you know if things go bad, it's he gets a lot of the blame. And yeah, there there are the days right that he'll get five, six, seven turnovers. Um, it's just like Drew Holiday, right? But but Middleton is kind of, you know, people debate his All Star status at times, uh, but he is one. And I think this sort of series is showing that that he is. Now, granted, it, it also speaks to how good Giannis and Drew Holiday are, how, how deep the roster is that they can, you know, pound the Bulls without him. You know, we we could think that uh, hey, look, they had a big lead in Game Four. You know, maybe they finish it up and they're three-one without him. Like, I, so I think it speaks to the roster. But you're right, Chuck. It's uh, it also shows if they're going to win another title, which means they have to beat Boston. <laughs> Chris Middleton is going to have to come back at some point, I believe. Now, whether that's that's this series, I, probably not. But um, you know, maybe. But yeah, they, they got to figure something out tonight and, and Game Six for sure to keep this thing going. Bucks beat writer Jim Ozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, our green and cream insider, joining us live from Boston here on the game. When Giannis makes a three-pointer, do you feel like there's more elation from the Bucks bench or more relief from the Bucks bench? <laughs> I don't. I don't think they think about it that way. <laughs> um, it's a shot that he has, and, and is it like in the? Uh, but, it, but but yeah. but but is it, sir? Is it? Yeah. Look, you can't you can't be him and get to the basket and try to do that and not take your mid range shots, which he's doing at about the same rate as he did in the regular season, which includes you know up to four threes. I mean that that's two to four threes is about what he should do. Um, there was that corner three. I don't know if it was game three or I think it was game three that he just had to take it. That was the shot that the offense created. He was wide open. He didn't make it, but he had to take it because if you don't, then you, you don't get that, that one closeout in the fourth quarter of a later game, guys, that, or, or the double team on the baseline. I mean, all that stuff is really I, – I, you know what, guys? What, what I equate it to, going back to my football background, is that first or second down run off right guard – you know, in the middle of the first quarter where you're kind of like, well, it got two yards. And then maybe you do it again in the second quarter and it got a yard, yard. But the reason you do that <laughs> is for the play action off that in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those things where Giannis with the mid-range and the three, it, you just, it's part of his game. He has to do it. And if he makes it, he makes it. If he misses, he misses. I don't, I don't think it's any... I don't think the team especially feels any one way about it. Well, the, what I worry about is when he shoots three and he misses, I mean, that usually leads to a long rebound and a breakout at the other end. And, and that's, that, and that's especially he's in the corner taking the three, bang, layup, other end. Uh, I've seen it happen many times. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I just think there's better shots they can get with Gian, without Giannis jacking up a three. And I get it, when they go in, we love them. But when they don't, it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Look, I get it, and that, and that's the nature of the game with the missed threes. Regardless, I mean, it's going to be a long rebound, yeah. and, and there's going to be transition, and, and maybe you know he doesn't he doesn't do a Trey Young 
type of pose after the fact where, uh, but you know, maybe there's something to, okay, you put it up and then, and then maybe get back a little bit. But um, I mean, look, this team hasn't made any threes. I mean, it's, it's second year in a row guys where, where Mm -hmm. somehow this three point shooting team just doesn't, isn't making as many, Um, you know, yeah. Drew holiday went five for 22. Yes. Giannis is shooting 43% from the field, but they're, I mean, look at the Chicago series. They're much different if Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton can make threes. And I don't even think we're having this conversation. If any of those things had happened otherwise, right? If Drew Holiday's 8 for 22 as opposed to 5 for 22, maybe we're talking about a closeout game here. So I think, I think when it comes to Giannis, look, he's the star. He's the MVP. He's going to get the microscope. But I, I think in terms of this series, guys, it's, there's way there's more there's more things going on or not going on offensively for the Bucks than than what he's doing. You were quizzing Giannis the other night about uh, when he's taking these breathers on the court, and I, it you know reminded me of his last year when Giannis would be pulled from a game about two or three minutes into a game, almost as if he were on a hockey shift, which I know hockey shifts are less than a minute, but it almost kind of gave off that vibe. Like, he goes so hard, so hard on offense, so hard on defense, so hard on offense, so hard on defense, and he just needed a, a blow. He just needed to, to get out of the game. It, it almost feels like when it does take him that much time to get off the floor, to get back involved in the game, to take his free throws, that's really the only breather it seems like he's getting right now. Yeah, it's it's funny though because he just insisted that he he doesn't. It's something he's always done. No, it's not. And, you know, which I, you know he's he, he does take his time. You know, and and, and at home it's always a, a collective gasp, right? Right. Like <laughs> the crowd of like he's taking too long to get up. Um, but look, it, it's a huge difference from going from thirty three minutes in the regular season to forty plus. Sure. In the postseason and, and what he's asked to do. Because, again, in the regular season, guys, for as good of a defender as he is, he can definitely take some breaks, right, if need be. Or he can even rest more on offense if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are kind of doing their thing. So that that's obviously not the case. And, look, if there's any player that currently in the league, guys, that can, can dig in and find something else to give his team – it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. I, I'm in, and what what happened in last year's finals gives him a long runway, you know, beyond this year. And it should. Oh, yeah. And, and there's no question yeah. that it should. But, I mean, you know, let's face it. We all get, I mean, five minutes to go in that game. And, yeah, of course Giannis is putting it all, putting it all on the line. There's no doubt about it. But five minutes left, and, you know, there's a couple of possessions going by, and Giannis is over there you know, on the bench. It's like, oh, my God, my MVP is over there, and we're playing in a critical game four here. I just, I don't know. And, and yeah, he gets a lot of slack, but I just, oh, God, I just think it manages minutes where he could just go all 12 in a game like that in the fourth quarter. I, I can't have him sit. It is tough. Look, when the rotations shrink to, what, a seven-man or an eight-man bench, mm-hmm. and you don't – this goes back to how we started this conversation, guys. You don't have Chris Middleton. Yeah. And Chris Middleton is six seven, and he can, if needed, he guarded DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine one-on-one. He can handle Jason Tatum one-on-one, which what does that mean? Well, then Drew Holiday or Wes Matthews can slide over, and that's where you can maybe, again, steal – rest for Giannis, whether it be an actual substitution 
or even somewhere else on the floor. You know, I think normally, guys, if they were healthy, he'd be you know guarding Marcus Smart. You know, and, and Marcus, yeah. for as active as he is, isn't really an offensive player in that way. So you're right, Chuck. I, I will be interested to see tonight if if how they manage that earlier in the game mm-hmm. to see if Giannis can because he's played 12 minutes in some of these first quarters or 10, 11 minutes. So we'll we'll see how they start it. But definitely finishing is, is, is something to watch. Last couple of moments with our uh, Bucks, uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Bucks writer, our Green and Cream insider, Jim Ozarski. Uh, he is in Boston for tonight's Game 5 between the Bucks and the Celtics. In your opinion, Jim, as someone who sees just about every game in person, does the officiating change in the postseason, or is it just more magnified because more people have more eyeballs on it? Yeah, I think it's more magnified. You know, um, I, I think there is a human level of officiating where, you know, maybe it's a little tighter at the outset because you just don't want, you know, some sort of ramp up of emotion and a bad foul. I, you know, I'm not saying that like the the Brooks Peyton Jr. Peyton the second thing was was born out of ill will Memphis and Golden State, but you don't want an injury or, or something because guys got too ramped up. So I, I, so maybe there's a little bit of a tighter whistle early in the playoffs and if it's physical. But honestly, Doug, I, I do. Look, it's like baseball. I mean, who's watching all 82 games if you're a regular fan? You're, you're not. You're just not. Sure. It's not happening. <laughs> so I do think some of it is, okay, there's such intense. Just people are actually sitting in for those 48 minutes of gameplay where otherwise it's, it's kind of in and out. So – no, I, I think it's definitely the stage, <laughs> the stakes, and, and such much, much more attention than, you know, these these two teams playing in February. Jim, we appreciate the time, appreciate the insights, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you before Game 6. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Jim. There he goes. Jim Ozarski, Bucks beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and our Green and Cream Insider here on the game. Boy. You know, I mean, Giannis needed an epic performance out of him tonight. But um, I'd like to talk more about this and see what you think that, uh, you know, who's going to step up? Who's going to be that other guy stepping up tonight? They they need a heck of a defensive effort. I don't think Horford's going to do what he did, uh, has been doing. I can't see him keeping up. If you do, you got to tip your hat to the guy. But, um, man, I just think Giannis just needs Well, to... that's the question. 414-799-1973 on the talk and text line. Who has to step up? Because, like you said, and you're right, Giannis can't do it by himself. No. That's the number. 414-799-1973. We'd love to hear from you. Who has to step up tonight in Game 5 for the defending champs to still be defending that championship? It's the Mike Heller Show. Mike is off this week. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up next. Stay with us. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick tight click and went all out. Catching keys from four seasons. Heard it from a friend who Heard it from a friend who Heard it from another you've been messing around The Spring Green Cash Contest continues uh, through May 27th. We've got uh, another word for you right now, but you only have five minutes to go to thegamemke.com to uh, put in the keyword. The keyword for this hour is Win. W-I-N. So that's the nationwide keyword 
this hour. You have until 55 minutes past the hour to go to the game MKE.com and enter the word win to enter the contest for this hour. And we want to put uh, cash in your hand. A just grand. Rem- a grand in your hand. Just even. remember, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Somebody well, once said. Yeah, that was. I think that was St. Vince, right? St. Vincent of, yeah, uh, yeah. of De Pere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. All right. Welcome back in. It's the Mike Heller Show. Mike is off this week. Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman. Uh, do you have plans for REO this summer? Uh, oh, yeah. June 7th. Okay. I'm going to see if we can get some Circled on the calendar? Yeah. I just haven't got tickets yet. I've, we, we usually wait to the last second, but we'll, we'll definitely be in there. Okay. Gonna, yeah, the big uh, the Loverboy Sticks uh, REO concert um, coming up that, uh, yeah, it's going to be coming up shortly here. I think it's is it June 7th or July 7th? No, I don't now, know. I'm, now I'm now I'm just uh I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know. It's one of those two dates. All right. Uh but it definitely we're definitely going. Uh, I I don't even know if it's a weeknight, but you know, Ario comes to the state. I'm definitely all over that unless uh, of course the Bucks are in the NBA finals uh that night then it might be a problem. Um I'm glad the NBA finals and the Bucks postseason isn't spilling over to mid-July this year. You know See, I mean? now that's the big debate right now, though, because I kind of wish that it would in this sense. I don't think the NBA should start until Christmas mm-hmm. because what they're doing in October and November and most of December is they're just bashing their heads up against the NFL. Yeah, And, but once, and that's a losing proposition. But, the, but, Russ, I mean, once you get to December and January and February, I mean, is it really game on anyway for the NBA? I mean, this is... I mean, it's closer. You get you get a little bit more as, as God, Bucks football season. season comes to an end. Then we're looking for other things to do. But Bucks regular season is just so hard to bear down on each because they well, don't even feel that way. The N- the NBA season is too long, and we see that with load management. Well, why don't we do this? How about if we start this season? I'd be okay with this. Start the season Christmas Day, and then shorten up the fifty games. That way we get rid of this load management BS, and we see the stars play, and we know where they're going to play. And every game, maybe, you know, just 82 games. I've never been a fan of reducing schedules at all in any sport, but I'm finally at that point with the NBA where I'm saying, okay, if this is how we're going to do, and this is how we're going to treat the regular season, then let's reduce it and make these games more important. Well, this is how they treat the regular season because the postseason goes two-plus months, mm-hmm. and – that's a lot of that's a lot of playoffs. Uh, in the NFL, I think that they had it right with 16 regular season games in a month mm-hmm. of playoffs. They had past tense it, it right. Major League Baseball at one point had it right, but I think that they're kind of uh, drifting into the regular season isn't important. It's all about the postseason. They're drifting sure. in that direction a little bit more than I think that they should. The playoffs are supposed to be special, and they haven't been special in a long time in the in the NBA. You remember, if you're an old-school hockey fan, you remember when there were 23 NHL teams and 16 of them made the playoffs. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that was... So uh, why do you even have the regular season, then? It's just a big play-in tournament. Well, that exactly. Because you're basically playing for one extra home game. Who's going to get that number one seed? Who's going to get that number two seed? Yeah. So we get a whole extra home game. No, I, I, I'm i with that. So I, I... You know, I don't have a problem the season starting in October, but, um, you know, I just don't... I, I don't like it. I think mid-July... You know, by then, you know, I, I don't but know if the season started form for a, a, a playoff game. I want to, you know, I want to enjoy outside because July is like a few months well, here. We can actually hang out outside and do stuff. Well, that's why they built the Deer District. No, oh, I know. You know, I mean, that was part of the, I, I remember when they were putting shovel and dirt. I asked Wes Edens about that. It was uh, June 18th, 2016. That was groundbreaking. But not all of us want to go down there or can go, or can go down there. You know, I, it's just. Well, then watch the game out in your deck. 
Take it out and <laughs> go, go to free, at, at Freeman Estates in Lomira. Because it costs twenty thousand dollars to build a deck. We haven't done that yet. Well, then you know, <laughs> are, there, are there lakes out there? You know, I'm no. sure you have a yacht. Well, I'm just talking about. I'm, I, you know, I'm not just thinking about me. I'm thinking about everybody. You know, well, but the Deer District. I mean, that's that was the the place to be last no, year. I know, but not everybody can go there on a weeknight. You know, because people got to work. And all. I'm just I'm looking at everybody. I mean, yeah, people go to the Deer District, but. You know, people. I just think of the summertime with vacations and people going up north and doing all. Like last year, they have TVs up north. No, I know, but you know, like last year. Okay, we were up at Door County for Game Five. Okay, all right. Luckily, it was played on a Saturday night. You know, because like Saturday afternoon, we're out golfing and all that in the summertime. We want to golf, but but if the NBA Finals is going on in the Bucks, you know, you want you don't want to miss it, but still, you want to be able to enjoy outside. But we went to a sports bar. Up in Sister Bay and saw Game Five. Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Well, yeah, well, but so if it was played go. in the afternoon, I, but I, but if it was played in the afternoon, it's like God, it was a nice day. They don't, I mean, we're talking about pushing the NBA Finals into July, not yeah. the whole playoffs, not no. the first two rounds. Well, the, but the remember the Eastern Conference Finals went into July too. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, there, there's four teams left when the Eastern and Western Conference and, and plus finals I are think, being played. You know, I just think summer is meant for baseball, and let's get the, let's get the NBA playoffs and the finals done by middle of June toward the end of June, and roll on to baseball. No, I just I don't know. As the seasons of our weather shift, as I think we can all kind of agree on, because it didn't you know summer didn't arrive until today. Mm-hmm. And it's May. And well, so it's, we didn't it's, have it's it's not here yet, though, Russ. Well, I mean, we're, they, we're, we're it'll we're, disappear again. Yeah, it always does. We're but not as, we're not done with those forty degree days. As the seasons have shifted, I think the basketball season needs to shift with it, and they would be better off because they would be better off by having games, NBA Finals games in July, well, and not having to bash their heads up against the wall against the NFL in October, November, and December, because they are losing that battle. But you remember the ratings for the NBA Finals last year weren't very good. I think some of that, I mean, that's why we have summer reruns. That's why networks have summer reruns, because TV runs anymore. Nobody does that anymore. They all put stupid reality shows on. TV TV watching in the summertime is low. It's very low, because people are out enjoying it. Maybe if the NBA Finals were on, they wouldn't be so low. Well, they were low last year. Well, everything was off last year. Last the last couple of years, that, that you're trying to get me to convince you're trying to convince me to like your July NBA schedule, and I'm not not in, that's for the, that's for baseball. It's fine. All right, we're agree to disagree. We will. Well, we're not going to agree, so we might as well be pleasant <laughs> about the disagreement. Two hours down, one hour to go. I'm Doug. He's Chuck. We're in for Mike. We've uh, got a bunch of text messages that we will get to on the talking text line coming up momentarily. Stay with us on the game. I know Mike Keller's not he's not in today, but I almost kind of feel like he is because you and I, over the last five minutes, have been talking about NIL. That's the one thing that he and I just keep disagreeing on. By the way, Mike's off today. Uh-huh. I'm Doug Russell. Chuck Freeman is across the desk with me. I mean, we're talking about NIL, which is something that I, it, you asked me if I think it's going to be the end of college athletics, and I don't. But I do think that there's you know kind of a market correction that had to take place at some point. But it goes back, and this is the original uh, impetus for my... Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And right now, the NCAA, because they didn't take care of their house, they didn't take care of the roof leak, they're getting slaughtered and the roof is caving well, in on them. there are certain conferences, the SEC, that before this couldn't behave themselves. Now with this, 
you know, where how's it going to be now? Don't, be even more of a wild west. It, well, first of all, it's always been the wild west. Well, the, the SEC. And, and this is taking it to the nth degree. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, about the SEC. The SEC has been at the forefront of the quote unquote arms race, right? The arms race of these facilities. You go to the uh, Alabama football facility, and they've got a waterfall in there. What does that have to do with football? Nothing. You go to the uh, University of Oregon, all that Phil Knight Nike money, and they've got this three-story locker room that has massage chairs at every locker and uh, the, the kinds of amenities that professional teams don't have. You go to the University of Texas, and... Players who come into the NFL from the University of Texas will, to a man, say, you know what, the facilities that I had in college were better than the facilities that I have as a professional athlete. And so the money has always been there. It's just how is it being spent? Now the athletes themselves are finally getting theirs, and it's not even coming from the universities. It's coming from the outside sources. Well, all these colleges aren't playing on an equal ground. It's like when they, they never have. It's like with St. Peter's beat Kentucky. You, and, and this is what I try telling people. You look at St. I don't even have to look, but look at St. Peter's, their budget and their their whole basketball facility, and you look at Kentucky's. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's well, it's the any given Sunday syndrome. It's uh, any on any given Sunday, any football team can beat any other. It just matters. That's why I don't make predictions. You you can't predict how a team is going to execute. So these one-offs can happen. But overall, Kentucky's going to bring in the better athletes. They're going mm-hmm. to bring in the bigger donors because of the success they've had. They've been able to hang more banners. There's never been a level playing field in college athletics. Uh-huh. And for the NCAA ninnies in Indianapolis to try to claim that that's what they're trying to provide, I mean, it's folly. It's nonsense. And again, because they didn't take care of the roof leak, that's why you're seeing this implosion. And I'm not going to be wringing my hands or clutching my pearls about an 18-year-old kid getting a $10 million endorsement contract. I'm just over it. I'm not – I don't care. Just seems because, like, because the coaches have been getting that much money they for have. generations. They have. They have. But that's not what I want to get to. I, I, I'm more worried about Game 5 tonight with the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks step up. The, the, the Bucks, the, the Bucks and Celtics tonight. And I've said that I don't think Horford's going to keep this thing going. Okay, um, and you know they're going to go in there tonight. And yeah, you got to honor Horford, but I, I just I, I don't see that. I don't see him continuing to make plays and turn back the fountain of youth and and continue to do what he's been doing and hit these shots and all that. Uh, but you still got to honor him out there, uh, and he's getting corner threes. And you know the guy who's always open is a corner three guy um, on the basketball court. That's the guy you always forget about, and the forgetting about guy. Yeah, well, in the corner for the Packer or for the for the Bucks rather. That's Ben Connaughton, who's been so good. Yeah. from the corner. Um, Ricky from West Bend writes on the talk and text line, uh, which is always open to you at four one four seven nine nine one ninety seven three. Horford won't repeat what he did. West mm-hmm. West Matthews needs to stay out of foul trouble to shut down Tatum. Yeah, that's true. Drew can't shoot 30 times. Well, he can if he's making them. Uh, Grayson, Patty C., and Bobby have to contribute something. Agreed with that. One of them has to have a game. Agree with that, too. Giannis will do what he always does. Um, I, I think that Giannis, again, because of the fact that his teammates were kind of standing around waiting for him to do something, Giannis will take it upon himself to try to do something. But the ball movement just was terrible. In Game Four, the ball movement in the fourth quarter on offense for the Bucks sucked. Well, Giannis was trying to put the entire yeah. 
That's what he does. Organization on his back. And, and, and he can do that. He's the only one of the only players that has the sure. ability to do that. But you still need contributions from the other four guys on the floor, and the Bucks just didn't have that. The other I, night. I just didn't think some of Giannis' shot selection in the fourth quarter was was, no, was really good. No, it wasn't. Uh, and, and you know, Drew taking twenty shots, I don't have any problem because you don't have Middleton. I mean, Middleton's yeah. on the floor. Then I'm saying, okay, I don't want Holiday taking twenty shots, but you know, I mean, the shots he's taking aren't bad shots. He just wasn't miss. He was just missing them the other night. I mean, those weren't bad. You look back at the shot chart, probably, and you say, well, you know, oh, those are good shots. You look at the tape, oh, those are good shots he's taking. He makes those shots, so I don't have any problem. I mean, but 5 of 22 is a killer. But make the shots. But you have no control over that. If he can't make the shots, you know, and then people complain. But if he makes them, no one's complaining about a shot selection. Uh, and, and then, you know, Bobby Portis has got more of a factor of tonight's game, too. Yep. That's but, what uh, named in the two sixties yep. as Portis. Let's go. Yeah, Portis. That's it. You know, the play big. You got if you're going to play Lopez and Portis at the same time, Portis has got to produce. And uh, you know, I mean, your your auxiliary guys. You know, you hope to get something out of them tonight. But I think they're going to go in. Boston's a five and a half point favorite in this game tonight. And the line hasn't really budged at all. I think, I think the Bucks are going to win this game tonight. But I still think, I still think. I hope you're right. I don't. You know, I don't. But you don't think they're going to win? I don't. Well, the history shows that they're not going to win this game. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to, I, I, and I'll be the first one yeah. to to come on tomorrow. Chad Davis will be back. And you think Boston's a better team? Yeah, I mean, without Chris Middleton on the floor, yeah. are they the better team? Is the aggregate better? That's your favorite <laughs> word. Um, That's it, twice. Is right. There may be, <laughs> and there may be more. Is the sum of their parts greater than the the sum of the Bucks' parts? Uh, even with Giannis, but without Middleton, and on their home floor. Listen, I'm not a betting man, but if I if you if you're putting a gun to my head and saying I have to bet on somebody, I'm betting on Boston tonight. It's a tough atmosphere to get into tonight, you know. But the Bucks went in the Brooklyn last year and got it done on the road. Yeah, they did. And they I'm went not saying it Phoenix. can't be done. I'm no. not saying it can't be done. But those are better. You know, they had Middleton. Okay. And 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 Middleton was such a good closer last year, uh, and they went and they won two big road games at Phoenix in Game. Five and then you know they closed it out in Brooklyn uh, in the conference finals. So, um, but I think they can go out and win this game. I don't expect it to be a blowout like these two games were like last night. I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if the Bucks went into this game tonight and at the end of the night, later on tonight, we're listening to the post game show here on ninety seven three. Um, that these guys are talking about low energy because they were talking about low energy in Philadelphia last night. And they should have been. They, I mean, that was a, it was a blow. How does that horrible. happen in a Game 5, though, Russ? You know? How do you bring low energy and lethargic into a Game 5 like Philadelphia did last night? Embiid hasn't been 100%. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. Yeah, God, I wish I would love to see the Bucks play, take on Philly in the finals. And, and, and they've, But they've also and and they've had this, this franchisinal dysfunction for the last several years as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if... I love listen. I love Doc Rivers. Uh, I don't know that he's the guy that turns that around. He's got a ring. He has a ring as a head coach with the Celtics. All respect uh, to him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a coach for a long, 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 long time. Uh, he's had a lot of success, but you know, I I don't know that he's the team that can fix what's wrong with the Seventy Sixers because it goes beyond just one. Great players' injury. Do you know that Doc, long time ago, wanted that coach and general manager job with the Milwaukee Bucks? Well, I don't. I, I, and, it doesn't surprise me. And Herb did not want to give it to him. Oh, really? 
Herb did not want to give him both positions. Oh, Doc like both positions, yeah. Did not want to give him the coach and general manager positions. And they're friends. They were friends, but Herb would not give him the GM position. And Doc wanted more control. And uh, then Would that have turned up, the Bucks' fortunes around? I don't know. I, well, I, I don't think a coach GM. I have some reservations about Doc as a coach, too. I, I have reservations about one guy doing both jobs. Of course. We saw that with Dunleavy trying to do it. You know, a long time ago. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a among tough, others. That's a tough. That's a t- that, that, that's a tough job to do. You know, you got a coach. You got to have now. They got to work together, both of those guys. But that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not the seventies and eighties anymore. I mean, no. Don Nelson was the last guy who successfully did it. No. Yeah. With the Bucks, and you know, having one assistant coach like he had back then. Right. Um, you know, that's those days are are far are gone too. So, but I, I, you know, but they, they got to come out and play. To, they'll have energy. They're going to play well. Um, got to get it done on defensive end. And you just hope that they don't get off to that quick. If Boston gets out to that quick early league, Doug, like they did in game two, uh, then that's going to be tough to come back from. Cause I mean, that was a landslide when, you know, Boston's out to that 18 to three lead. Never had no coming back from that one on the road. Just like last night when um, Phoenix went on that big run in yeah. the third quarter uh, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing Dallas would do about that. I mean, there was nothing. I mean, the, you just got to take your loss at that point. Take the L. And, and like the 76ers and like the Mavericks, I think those series are over, too. Yeah. If the Bucks lose tonight, especially if they get blown out, yeah. I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and tell you I think they're going to win the series. No, I think the winner of tonight's game, just like those two, I mean, the winner of game five out of two, two usually goes on wins. Yeah. So I, I wish I had a better feeling about tonight's game, but... Listen, the Celtics are a great team. I said this at the beginning of the series. If the Bucks get run by the Celtics, there's no shame in that. The Celtics are they're, they're a great team. They lack I mean Jason Tatum's a great player. Jalen Brown's a great player. Uh you know, Marcus Smart, great player especially on the defensive end. They've got really really good players. Al Horford, we all know about mm-hmm. the insane especially fourth quarter that he had scoring 16 of his 30 points in game 4 on Monday night. So they've got good pieces. They don't have an MVP candidate superstar like the Bucks do. But the Bucks are also missing their second all-star right now. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown and, is awful good, though. And Oof. Oh, he's great. He, I'm, yeah. Again, he's great. Yeah. But who's the best player on the floor? Giannis. It's always it's it's going to be Giannis. And, maybe, and I'm not saying yeah. that Jalen Brown can't get no, to that point. No, no. Uh, it, again, great player. Great team. They're there for a reason. They're the hottest team in the second half of the uh, NBA uh, season for a reason. It's not an accident. So if the Bucks get run by the Celtics, listen, they won a championship a year ago. That should give you at least, um, I, I don't know if a pass is the right word, but it's so hard not only to win one, but then to repeat. That's so hard. But I think, but I, I think with Middleton, definitely, they're still the best team. I don't, I'm, I'm watching these games, and I, I look at it and I see, see Miami, you know. I see Miami, and I see I see they got some holes. I see Philadelphia; they're definitely better than Philadelphia. I, I see the Suns play; I think they're better than Phoenix. I, you know, Dallas; they're better. They're better than all these teams. Uh, with Middleton, you know, I think they have a slight edge. I still think the Bucks are going to win this series, Doug. And I'm usually the guy who thinks on the other end, but I think the Bucks are going to get it done tonight. The one thing that the Bucks have over all of those teams that you mentioned, especially Philadelphia. I mean, maybe it's more pronounced in Philadelphia than it is anywhere else. There's just no drama. There's no drama with this team. I think that starts from, you know, good player leadership with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just the personality. The, the team has taken on the personality of the community. We're a pretty low-drama city, and the Bucks are a pretty low-drama team. That helps. That helps. I mean, every single 
Look, look at all the drama surrounding the Brooklyn Nets this year, and they fell flat on their face. Maybe the Lakers are an extreme example because they were just terrible from the jump, and Russell Westbrook was an awful fit for them. But all that drama that played out this year didn't work for the Lakers. I think they kind of stumbled into a championship a couple of years ago in the bubble. Well, the, I don't count the bubble, really. Um, and then you look, re- at the, look at the Lakers last re- two years. Re- regardless of whether you yeah. count it or not. I mean, yeah. but... Uh, you look at any team that James Harden has been on, whether mm-hmm. it was Oklahoma City when he was a young player, then the Rockets, uh, then, the, then the Nets, and now yeah. the 76ers, this drama that follows him wherever he goes, and those teams always, always, always fail. And I hear uh, Harden last night talk after the game, and he's talking about, uh, you know, we got to get better on the defensive end. Are you kidding? The, the f- look at the mirror. The next, the next time Harden plays defense, Russ, is the first time. Harden plays defense. So, but yeah, Philly. When I, when when they got Harden got uh, went to Philly, I was like, oh, I'm not worried about Philly even. I'm even less now. And Embiid will never take the Sixers to an NBA title. You know, mark my words. Words on that. Uh, and um, but I mean, look at all these teams though. The Bucks. I still, even without Middleton, if they could just somehow squeeze by this Boston series, if they could somehow get by and get Middleton back for the Miami series. And I think, uh, I think they could repeat, but they got it. I mean, somehow this is this is season's on the line tonight. Se- I don't know how else to put it. Season's on the line, without a doubt. It is on the line, and I, uh, you know, it's a big game. It's one of the bigger, it's one of the biggest games in franchise history. Okay, because if they win this game tonight, not that the series is over, but I think you know, I mean, just swings in their momentum. Then you got to win, win, win one of the next two, and you can win the one on Friday night. And close it out, but man, you win this one, uh, you're going to the conference finals as favorites. I think against the Miami Heat, or if you get Middleton back, or do you then start thinking about well, we're going to win it for number sixteen? We'll hit that coming up straight ahead because we lost the Milwaukee community, the Milwaukee sports community lost one of its greatest ambassadors last night with the passing of Bob Lanier. Some thoughts about the man they called the Dauber coming up straight ahead. Stay with us. I'm Doug Russell. He's Chuck Freeman. And oh, by the way, do you have Week 10 circled on your calendars for the Packers season this year? Because an old friend is coming back to town if he doesn't get fired beforehand. You never know. Things are pretty volatile down there in Dallas. We'll hit that coming up straight ahead as well. Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman in for Mike Keller. Stay with us on the game. Get Murphy's off of the uh, talking text line request line. I take requests. Yeah, girls have had them in. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Drew and KB have had Dropkick Murphy's on their show mm-hmm. quite a bit, as a matter of fact. So I almost feel like I'm stealing something from them. But this was a request. Again, the uh, talking text line four one four seven nine nine one ninety seven three. Time now for our spring green cash contest, where we can put a grand in your hand, the instant win of one thousand dollars in cash. The nationwide keyword this hour in the uh, Spring Green Cash Contest is spring, S-P-R-I-N-G. You have 30 minutes until 55 minutes past the hour to go to our website, thegamemke.com, and enter the word spring to enter the contest for this hour. Good luck. 
Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman back with you uh, here on the game. Uh, let's see. We had I saw this one uh, earlier. Let's see. Um, oh, where did it go? Yeah, I was on the talking text line earlier today. Uh, they were very happy that you were on the air. Oh, okay, thank you. It was. Uh, I forgot somebody who said, "Yeah, it's LFG." Let's go, Chuck. Chuck's on the air, so they were happy about that. And then somebody go. else inquired about getting Wicked on the show. So um, perhaps another time. Yeah, perhaps another time. He's raising kids in Iowa right now. He's got yeah. He's got his handful with three kids, if you can believe that. Um, the Dauber, as you mentioned, yeah. Um, Bob Lanier passed away last night. Passing away. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, you know, I got the my phone went off at about. 11.57 with an alert. You know, Bob Lanier has passed away, and I didn't realize he was ill. Um, it was but, a short illness from what they said, but he was yeah. only 73, and that doesn't seem like that's old enough to, no, it isn't. to check out. No, it isn't. So um, Bob Lanier, uh, you know, the Bucks were a good team, okay? And then the Bucks made a trade for Lanier in the 79-80 season, and they gave up Kent Benson, who was a first-round pick, number one pick overall, it was terrible, and they traded him to Detroit, and they got got Bob Lanier. I don't know how they pulled that trade off, but they got Bob Lanier, and Lanier took them to a different level. It took them to a championship level. Now, they couldn't win the championship. Philadelphia and Boston, obviously, were better teams, and they couldn't get by either one of those teams to you know, get to the NBA Finals. But the Bucks would randomly win 58, 60 games a year, and they had a great team, and they'd fill out the Mecca every night. Every home game, and it was uh, it was fun seeing those playoff games. But um, you know, Lanier was a big part of it, and uh, you know his jersey's retired for the five years he played here, and deserves to be retired. You know, and um, it was just sad to see that happen. You know, Lanier, God, he he played on bad knees, Russ. Uh, I, I would cover the team back in the eighties, and you know he'd come out of the shower, amble out of the shower, he'd walk in and sit down by his locker walk in and just limping, and they'd wrap his knees with big ice bags. He'd grab a beer and a cigarette. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, tra- Athletic training is a little bit yes. different nowadays yeah, than it was that. back in the day. But they would take just two. Give me, give me a dart and a bro. You know, Russ, they would take two big ice bags like you would buy at the grocery store yeah. or at a liquor store. They sure. would take two of those things, just wrap it around his knees. And again, he would have a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other, sit down after these games. And his, you know, he's, he was 32, but I mean, he acted like a guy who was like 80 with his knees, and his knees had just taken a big toll. But he would give it all he had in his basketball court, and we'd go up to interview him. And I was a young kid back then covering the team, and I'd be sweating going between locker rooms. And he'd look at me and say, "Kid." Why are you sweating? <laughs> and here, this guy with 32 and 33 was just giving it his all on his basketball court. And here, I'm the guy sweating. And, you know, just had just tremendous admiration for a guy who would just go out there on guys who had knees of jelly beans, really, would go out there and just, um, you know, try to lead this team, push, pull, and drag this team into the NBA Finals and just couldn't get it done. But. Man, it was such a joy watching that guy's career. You know, one of the first centers I thought who could step out, hit you a fifteen footer with that left hand you know, mm-hmm. the, the left left hander would step out, hit that fifteen, eighteen footer, but around the basket too, rebound, def oh, just I just love Bob Lanier. It, it, you wonder if he were on teams, whether it was in Detroit or here in Milwaukee, that were able to make it to that next level, to mm-hmm. make it to the NBA finals, to win an NBA championship. Because at that time, the NBA was starving for guys like Bob Lanier. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Dr. J. I mean, that was, I guess, his his 
most uh, – their careers ran most concurrently, his contemporary. But later on, I mean, it was the early years of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Magic Johnson wins an NBA championship in his first season. Larry Bird was the rookie of the year, and, and the Bird and Magic show, that, you know, went on throughout the entire uh, 1980s. Uh, Dr. J retired in, I think, 86, if if memory serves. But Played his last game at the arena. He did. He played his last game at the Mecca. And, you know, with Bob Lanier, he always felt, it always felt like he was older than he was. When Mm -hmm. I saw that he was 73 when he passed away, I was like, he was only 73? I know. But because, like you're saying, I mean, he's 32, he's 33 years old. You got a guy like Al Horford who's 35, and yeah, I mean, you can make the Grandpa Methuselah jokes and all that, but... He still runs pretty well for a big man at that age, uh, and you know the fact that he's been on you know some really really good teams, and you know the media is a lot different now than it was back then. But can you imagine how much love a guy that was lovable like Bob Lanier would have gotten if he would have had a couple of rings and, and would have been on national television all those times? Sure, sure. And he was loved here in the city. You know the Bucks home games were on TV. You know, so the only time we saw Lanier was on the road. You know, the Bucks home games were never on TV. Sometimes playoff games at home weren't on, weren't even on TV. But we'd see the Back guy on the, the road. Day. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, just to you know, just to see those teams with Marcus Johnson and Lanier and Brian Winters and Bridgman and you know those teams. Uh, those were Sydney. great teams. And Sidney, Mon- yeah, Sidney Moncrief for us. Uh, just Paul Pressy. F- Paul Pressy, yeah, the point. The point forward, um, you know, led by you know the you know, terrific coach Don Nelson, who's still alive and living in Hawaii. But um, yeah, to see Lanier pass away, uh, yeah, just a little part of my childhood there and my early days of covering the team. It just uh, just just sad to see because this guy, you know, he gave so much, um, you know, gave so much toward the end of his career. And as a productive player, and every year was like, okay, you know, he, he thought about. I mean, I could just each of his three or four years here, he was always contemplating retirement because of his bad knees, and he would keep on. Oh, I'm coming back for another year. I'm coming back for another year, and he'd come back and just try to bust a door down, and just couldn't do it. But it was the damn Sixers one year, and the damn Celtics the next. Just in the seventy nine eighty, it was uh, you know they're in the Western Conference there with uh, it was Seattle. They ran into Seattle that year. Um, seventy nine, eighty, just couldn't couldn't do it. Jeff and Mucktown writes Lanier used to smoke at halftime. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think I mean. a lot of those guys yeah, did. They did. I mean, you know, the pl- players could smoke in a locker room back. Then. I mean, the eighty two Brewers, all those guys smoked. Well, speaking of the eighty two Brewers, uh, this came out today. Our friend J.R. Radcliffe, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, talks about how the Brewers are going to honor the nineteen eighty two team in August, a full on celebration uh, on August fifth through the seventh, and. The attendees, I mean, it's everybody that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the early 80s with the Bucks. Early 80s for Wisconsin sports, I think, was kind of a heyday because you think about the championships that this state has won. 1957 with the Braves, obviously the Packers of the 1960s. Um, 1970s was about basketball. In 72, the, the Bucks won their, or 71, they won their only NBA championship until last year. They got to the finals in 74, and Marquette was one of the best teams in college basketball in that era as well. But 1980s, I mean, in 1982, the Bucks were good. The Packers, strike short in the air, but they mm-hmm. were good. And the Brewers had their only World Series team. And it, it is always astonished when you really step back and think about it. It's astonishing how much love a team that lost the World Series still gets. Because ain't nobody talking about the Super Bowl 32 losing Packers no. or the 1974 Bucks. Nobody talks about those teams, and for, I guess, good reason. 
But the 1982 Brewers, I think, one of the most beloved teams, certainly on the Mount Rushmore, beloved teams in Milwaukee sports history. And you look at the five Hall of Famers. Yeah. And you think, how do you not get the job done with all those great, and in the primes, too. In the primes, too, Russ. Um, you know, up and down that lineup. And, and yeah, that lineup, I mean, I could recite the lineup, you know, one through nine. Uh, and, and every one of those guys, great ball players. Great ball players. Uh, let's see. Who will be there uh, on August 5th? Uh, I'm just going to read out of the uh, Journal Sentinel J.R. Radcliffe's uh, article. On August 5th, the Brewers will welcome back numerous representatives from the American League Championship 1982 team, including former team owner and Commissioner Emeritus Bud Selig. Other attendees include Baseball Hall of Famers Raleigh Fingers, who the year prior won MVP and the Cy Young Award. Short season. Yeah. Short season. Yeah, strike short in season. Uh, Robin Yount won the MVP in 82 and was in his prime. Paul Molitor, Hall of Famer. Ted Simmons, the end of his career, but still so critical to that team from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still was, he still was productive. Yeah. Uh, Don Sutton, obviously, has passed away. Um, but uh, among those that are also scheduled to appear, Jerry Augustine, a friend of hockey, of mm-hmm. course. Can't, you can't have the 82 Brewers without hockey. Not. Come on now. Uh, Dwight Bernard, Mike Caldwell, great, great underrated pitcher Mr. Warmth, in the 1980s. Won 22 games in 1978. But was eclipsed by Ron Guidry. Yeah. Because, yeah. You're right, 25 and 3 he went. Yeah. Guidry, yeah. And, uh, well, it was like, and the next guy, Cecil Cooper, who in 1980 hit like 352, eclipsed by Brett uh, George Brett, who almost did 400 that yeah, year. Yeah, 389. Uh, Jamie Easterly, crafty left-hander. Left-hander, yeah. Right there hand. are no right-handers that are crafty, but, no, but if Jamie you're a lefty, Easterly. you're crafty. Yeah. Jamie Easterly was crafty. Uh, Jim Gantner, native of Eden and late of UW Oshkosh. Moose Haas, Larry Heisel, uh, who stayed in the area after his retirement. Well, Larry, he was a part time. I mean, he played maybe a handful of games that year because he was, I mean, it was forever to recover the, the yeah. rotator cuff. Yeah. He, just injuries. Yeah. He had his best seasons with the Twins. Uh, Roy Howell, left handed bat off the bench, number 13. Red hair, had great penmanship. Yeah, um, you know who else had great penmanship? Uh, Jim Gantner. He did best Impe- ever. Imp- wah, impeccable penmanship. Amazing, because you wouldn't think Jim Gantner. You know, because you know Jimmy, he's Gumby, but he's got great penmanship. Just wonderful penmanship. Uh, Harvey Keene Jr., uh, Harvey's, Harvey's son, Harvey's, obviously, yeah. the nicest guy that I've ever encountered. I think in life, much less sports, Pete Ladd will be there. Bigfoot. Oh yeah, no, yeah. number twenty seven. Now you talk about Lanier with big feet. Ladd had big feet. Yeah. And just such a, I mean... Well, he became the closer when Raleigh got hurt. He did. And it was pretty good, too. Mm -hmm. He was pretty good as a closer. Bob McClure will be there. Uh, Don Money will be there. Charlie Moore. Ed Romero. uh, Jim Slayton. Gorman Thomas. And... uh, Saw Gorman this past weekend. Oh, did you really? I was... My kid was playing in a lacrosse tournament. Okay. Um... I've never. I, I I still can't figure the game out. But my kid plays lacrosse. They were. He was told to play lacrosse because it's going to help him out in hockey. At ten years old, so we're out at uh, Kettle Moraine High School. We're out at Kettle Moraine High School, and between my kid's game, we're walking to get something to eat, and I see this guy walking along with a limp, and I see you know, I look and I go, that's Gorman Thomas. He's unmistakable. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's got a common look, you know. And Shanna goes... Was he wearing a Brewer's hat? Because I don't know that I've no. ever... Really? He had a hat on. He had a hat on. Well, he always has a hat on, but usually it's a Brewer's hat. I, I don't remember his Brewer's hat, but he was walking with a lady, and Shanna goes, is he the guy with the funny mustache? And I said, well, that would be Raleigh Fingers. Um, But this is Gorman Thomas. All right. I don't think she grew up with a big sports family. But okay. so... Uh, but then I went. I thought it was Gorman, and he went in the bathroom, and his, you know, the lady was with, I assume, was his wife. And I said, is that Gorman? I just said, is that Gorman? Yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah. Injuries have taken its toll on him. She says, and yeah, he was yeah. limping. And 
But I said, no, I told Chan, I said, yeah, 45 home runs in 1979. He was one of the all-time greats. He was. Brewer greats, yes. Absolutely. And you look at him and you can't imagine, because you look at center fielders nowadays, mm-hmm. and there are these, uh, you know, just quick as a hiccup types of, uh, you know, gold glove types. Mm-hmm. That was never Gorman, but he was a really good center fielder for, I mean, for a guy his size. Yeah. He moved pretty well. It was He was deceptively quick. And then... You know, at the start of 82, I'm going to say, they moved him to right field. And they moved Molitor to center field. Yes, they did. They want Molitor to play center field. And that, and didn't, that didn't work out no, so well. No, it didn't work out. And then they moved Gorman back. And then they moved, and they moved Molitor over to third base. Yep. Uh, was that because of Don Money? Uh, you know, they had the platoon. They had the Don Money, Roy Howell thing going over at third. Yeah. Right, righty, lefty. Don would play right against the lefties, and Roy Howell would play against the But Don the Money was primarily the des- de- uh, designated hitter in yeah, 82. Yeah, he was at the end. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. And one time All-Star, but he was at the end. Yeah. so I always thought Don Money would come back and be the manager of the team. He managed a triple-A, mm-hmm. and he'd come back here you know, at the end of the season and join the coaching staff. But I, he just, yeah, he never uh, he never got that shot. As he a, never ascended. No, he never did. Uh, by the way, uh, Craig Council. Yes. Uh, and oh, and uh, Harry Warner's kids, Diana Warner and Beth Ledbetter. Okay, pitcher, they, pitcher coach. Uh, Harry Warner was the third base coach. He was a pitch. Okay, who was Cal McClish was the pitcher. Cal McClish, yeah, was the pitcher. Cal coach. had a long name. Calvin Coolidge, Julius Caesar, Tuscaloma <laughs> yeah, McClish. Exactly. Once it's burned into your brain, it's <laughs> never going away. Anybody else? Now is is, is um, Don Sutton the only one who's not with us? Uh, besides uh, Harry Dalton and Rob Piccolo. Rob Piccolo. Piccolo. Yeah. Okay, he died. He I did. Think, I think those. Uh, I think those are the only two that aren't with okay. us anymore. Utility guy. Yeah. Number eight. I remember. I remember all Number their eight. uniform numbers. Yeah. Where's Mark Brohart? He's not on this list. Brohart's not the. He's still with us, too. Yeah, he's still with us. Yeah. He's still with us. Had what? So, Mark. Big, big game uh, against the Angels in game four, the ALCS, Brohart. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, mark it down on your calendars. That'll be uh, August 5th at American okay. Family Field. It's a whole weekend, isn't it? They're going to do Yeah, it's a whole weekend. Yeah. Uh, they're also going to have the Wall of Honor. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy, Ryan Braun, Francisco Rodriguez. They will be honored on the Wall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and on August seventh, the first thirty-five thousand fans will receive a nineteen eighties Robin Yount replica jersey. Now they're not playing the Cardinals that weekend, are they? That would not be good. No, I don't know why you would do that. No, don't do it against the Cardinals. Oh, I know it's against the Reds. Okay, see, it's against the team that <laughs> wasn't. What's the score of today's game? Uh, I know they got down big early. They're down, but they started hitting home runs. Yeah, they started. Christian Yelich has a few hits today. Yeah, let me check here. Um, fourteen to five Reds. Okay, well, baseball's a funny game. Gonna drop two or three to the Reds. Baseball's baseball's a funny game. You said any given Sunday. I guess any given Wednesday. Any given Wednesday. (laughs) We'll have our quick quick takes of the uh, of the show when we return. Stay with us. We'll land this plane, as we always do. Doug Russell, Chuck Freeman, in for Mike Keller on this Any Given Wednesday. Stay with us on the game. Oh, if you could have seen the way that your eyes lit up. Well, Russ, where did you put in? 
Where are you getting Eddie Money? Not Eddie Money, I'm sorry. Eddie, Eddie Rabbit. Rabbit from. Eddie Rabbit from. Well, I mean, the vault is voluminous. I mean... I got some Ario in there for you. Throw in some Eddie Rabbit. We have an Eddie Rabbit fan. That's a regular on the talk and text line. I like it, man. Now, if you would have thrown every which way but loose, but I'm not going to complain about uh, I love it. Really I had right. to throw some Wu-Tang Clan in there for you when, when we had Jimmy O. I told on. you to watch out for that Wu-Tang word. You can't be saying that word, throwing it around. Just, you know, it's a bad word. Name of the band. Or uh, name of the group. So, yeah. It's the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Maybe what do you want? We got through something about the the late Mickey Gilly, one of my favorite classic country artists, passed away last weekend. Oh, talk about they're all dying. I mean, that Bob Lanier, Mickey Gilly. Huh? How old was Mickey Gilly? I didn't hear about that. No, Naomi Judd, eighty six. Yeah, no, I wasn't a big Judd's fan though. Okay. I mean, that's from the same era, but I was just no, I didn't like. I mean, they were obviously talented. I just wasn't a big Judd's fan. To each their own. That's yeah. fine. Uh, Doug Russell and Chuck Freeman in for Mike Heller. He's in Arizona this week. How much time can you spend in Arizona, though, at this time of year? I mean, it gets pretty warm down there. I mean, if I'm going to Arizona, I'm going to the Phoenix-Tucson area because mm-hmm. it gets it gets hot. I mean, you go up to Flagstaff, it's nice. You go up to the Grand Canyon uh, in the summertime. That's why it's so crowded up there because the, it's more moderate with the temperatures and whatnot. But you get to Phoenix this time of year, it starts to you're starting to get into the triple digits on a daily basis. But when we go on Thanksgiving in November, that one week in November, 72 every day, no rain, no wind, I, I'm telling you, it is picture perfect for one week. I mean, never a wind, maybe a slight breeze from time to time. I've always felt like November was the time to go. But, I mean, like spring training is always great, too. Yeah, it is. They don't have, though, are the quick trips. It's time for our quick trip, quick take mm-hmm. of the show. And for me, it's the Bucks have to finish better. Simple as that. Your season hangs in the balance of how you're going to finish tonight because – in three of the four games against the Celtics in this series, the Bucks have not closed well. Now, in Game 2, they didn't open well or close well or do anything else in between. That was well. But they lost their momentum in this series based on how poorly they played in the fourth quarter in Game 4 on Monday night. Now, our sports teams have a habit of kicking me right in the right, in the, right between the legs. All right, um, And anytime I think they're going to do something, it usually is the opposite. As it stands, I think they're going to win tonight's game. All right, they're five and a half point underdogs. I would take the Bucks here. I'd be surprised, stunned if they get blown out. I think Holiday's going to bounce back after his horrible five for twenty two performance. I don't think Horford's going to keep up the terror that he's had, and uh, I think the Bucks are going to ride in behind Giannis and Holiday and win this game and then close it out on Friday night. Okay, hope you're right. As it stands, I would bet the house on Boston if I were you, <laughs> because that's how I feel about this game. And I tell you, I always say, I don't think like, I love a game. Go to the opposite. Sure. I, listen, because I I suck at that. Obviously, I hope the Bucks continue on. I hope that they win tonight because that'll shift momentum back to them, and then they would have the opportunity to close out at home in six. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. Do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're not wrong, but I'm, if if they win tonight, well. Hey, listen, I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. You think they'll close? If, do you think they'll close it out Friday? Yes, or take it to seven and have to go back to Boston? I don't like to put. I don't like to look two games ahead. Yeah, because in, during Game Four, I was on the you know our de facto pregame show was Bucks and sixty with Trey and and with John, 
and the thought of a gentleman's sweep was brought up. And I'm like, well, now you're way putting the cart before the horse. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Let's not talk about that yet. First things first. I don't want to go all Bull Durham cliche on you, but you really do have to take these one day at a time, one game at a time. I like Giannis, and I told you, I think Holiday's bouncing back. Who's your, you know Giannis is going to come to play, but who's the other guy? I think it's got to be Drew. He's got to make his shots. He's got to execute because somebody's got to make up for the shots that Chris Middleton otherwise would take but isn't. So, And and you know what? I think Planet Pat is going to be fearless tonight. I think he's always fearless, but I think that he's got to... You know, make yep. make some more shots, yep. knock down some more I think shots. That's happening. So you're you're out of here. You're going to go get into Power Nine, but before you do, you should go to Quick Trip and get something to eat because I know you're hungry. You know, I might get a little hot chocolate on the way, even though it's warm outside. I like the hot chocolate over a Quick Trip, but I'm trying to get a quick nine and a Camelot six o'clock. Get out of my way because Bucks basketball is going on. Yeah, the spaghetti and, uh, and meatballs <laughs> for me. That's the thing over there. But you know what's really underrated at Quick Trip that we don't talk enough about? That is the best coffee bar. Like, oh, ever. It is the best coffee bar. The Karuba Cups? Oh, my goodness gracious. So, if you need a little caffeine fix, you can go over to Quick Trip for that as well. Chuck, it's been fun. Let's do it again. Always good, Russ. All right, there he goes. Chuck Freeman. That's it for Chuck. Ted Davis will be back tomorrow, unless something went wrong with the root canal, which was today. And he'll finish out the week with me, and then Mike Keller is back on Monday. Drew and KB coming up straight ahead. Stay with us on the game. I know who I want to take me home. I know who